This is a HeadGum Podcast. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. We don't often stop to appreciate the novel sensation of the new becoming so old it feels eternal. Flipping on the television to once again watch your program, and the question hits you in between the eyes. Has this always existed? Have I always been here? Our memories clump together, becoming the inconsequential plastic ball of a ping pong match between new things and old things. We cannot fathom music before the Beatles. Most of us can't imagine lacking the basic motor memory to drive our vehicles. And it's impossible to conceive that somewhere, somehow, there hasn't always and forever been three pasty pastor dads singing awkwardly, swaying around, belting out their epic god bouts for all those with ears to hear. Phillips, Craig, and Dean is the Triforce apotheosis of the Christian dad, as self-effacing as unselfconscious. Three unassuming fellas on a tireless hunt for your begrudging affection and your joy in the ultimate dad, God the Father and your Lord Jesus Christ. In the PC and D translation of the Holy Scriptures, it speaks of an eighth day of creation, and on the eighth day, God created a polo shirt, a stack of Tom Clancy novels, and a set of golf balls for Christmas, stirred them together in creation's cauldron, and from out of the fire and ashes were birthed Randy Phillips, Sean Craig, and Dan Dean. Their recording career began in 1991 and continued to this day, even as the men are real full-time pastors at their respective churches in Austin, Texas, Concord, Missouri, and Carrollton, Texas. 12 albums and two Christmas albums to their name, but such details are irrelevant. For Phelps, Craig, and Dean, I've always been here and will be here forever. Phelps, Craig, and Dean is immortal, operating outside of linear time and space. Nations will rise and empires fall, but PC and D shall reign forever. So we listen to Phelps, Craig, and Dean, and we're going to talk about it today on Good Christian Fun. You feel good? Yeah. A bit of a tummy ache. Should we change this theme song? Yeah, I think so. Really? Yeah, I think like we should episode switch it up 50? every once in a while. Yeah. I think I was thinking maybe every 50 episodes we make a dramatic change that the listeners hate. Welcome to Good Christian Fun. I'm Kevin. I'm Caroline. And we're here to have some good Reason. fun. Good Christian <laughs> Fun is a uh, podcast where we talk about Christian pop culture, Christian movies, Christian <laughs> entertainment, Christian music, Christian literature. That's right. Christian magicians perhaps one day i think we should christian stand-ups quite a few the famously uh universally beloved shonda pierce (laughs) the equally beloved mark lowry um all sorts of things like that caroline and myself are christians yes but we're not here to preach to you i won't make make you you, go to church i won't make you do it unless you want (laughs) to even which is uh which is a good rule for anything for any part of life always ask oh it's the louis it's the golden louis (laughs) Louis rule rule. (laughs) always ask 
Before you take it out, just ask. Just ask. And if people bust you on it and for traumatizing women, come to your own defense and say, I always asked. asked. I always asked. They didn't say they didn't want it. Mm, Caroline, how's your heart? Uh, it's good. Again, I've got like a tummy ache, kind of a butt problem going on, so that's on my mind. But otherwise, some would say the colon is the tummy of the butt. No, I'm good. I got to do uh, my art this weekend. That was fun, and Kevin stopped by. Oh, it was quite a sight to see. Yeah, we we made a big uh, mural, and it was two uh, Art Nouveau women facing each other. And Kevin came by, and he offered a few suggestions. One of them was just give him big milky knockers. <laughs> I think is what you said. We can't do that on the podcast. <laughs> we can't say that. I was speaking in jest, of course. Of I'm course, gonna, I'm going to appreciate your art. He's but a if you did do man. that, yeah, it like, would be art. It'd be nice. Yeah, it'd be <laughs> cool as hell. <laughs> but that was really fun, and I felt very supported by all my friends. Oh, good. Yeah, how's your heart? Uh, my heart's pretty good. I checked out a new church this weekend. Kevin, I was a little bad and she did on one. Listen, I got a few side piece churches right yeah, now. Yeah, you kind of are. I'm, I'm you're kind of slutting around a little bit. I'm, I'm looking churches. to add one to a church entourage. I went to one in North Hollywood. So what's it called? Uh, well, you I don't can know beep if it. I, Just I don't tell know me. if I want it. It's called. I think I've heard that. Yes. Mm-hmm. So it was there. Was, I actually thought the preaching was great. And in fact, it's some of my favorite preaching I've heard in months. Wow. That said, the segment right before the preaching, they brought two volunteers on stage. And because it was Father's Day, they had a dad joke off. They had a joke off. That's kind of great. So so they did like, and it wasn't even like they came up with jokes. It was like, read these jokes and see if you can keep a straight face. What? Huh. I know. They, it, my problem was the execution of it they all. should have been more professional. I think next week they're doing carpool karaoke uh, <laughs> right before the sermon. A dad joke off is fun. <laughs> and then they're going to do a lip sync battle before the Eucharist. Yeah. So. But it was, yeah, I saw an old friend of mine there. But then, unfortunately, went to church clarity. Uh-oh. Oh, really? Not so Not affirming. Yeah. For uh, for listeners that may not know, churchclarity.org, I want to say, yes, is a website you can check out. You can search a church, put any name in there, and it'll tell you how they stand, or if they stand at all, on LGBTQ issues and women issues. Yes, we've mentioned it a, a couple times before. Yeah, yeah, but the but they just added the women part, aspect too. Basically, their their goal is like we're not here to harass churches or anything if they don't affirm same sex people or whatever. This is purely for like if an LGBTQ plus person comes to your church, they know ahead of time like, oh, they won't let me on leadership or they probably won't approve of my relationship. So I can like avoid the trauma of finding that out way, way later. Yeah. And same with women too. Of Like, okay, they'll never let me be a pastor here. Good to know. And honestly, it's fairly essential for this new age now, maybe like the, uh, we can call it the post prop eight phase of evangelical culture in America where everyone's gotten pretty good at being anti without saying they're anti. Right. And kind of being... Well, this was in the news with Justin Bieber's church, like the the Hillsong that's in LA. Oh, yeah. Which is, you know, huge church. In large! (laughs) My border. My border. (laughs) It's a great big burger. But anyway, uh, but they, but, uh, you know, there was like this fan who's, uh, I think she's lesbian and she's telling him, telling Justin Bieber somehow, like, I want to go to church, but I'm not accepted here. And he was like, well, come to my church, you know, like, we love you. Anybody can come or whatever. And then other people just called him out and was like, well, no, like Hillsong's mm-hmm. official stance is 
that it's a sin, but they want you to come be a part of the congregation anyway. So, you know what I think is a sin? There you go. Is the fact that you have to pay for parking to go to Hillsong in Los Angeles? <laughs> that is crazy. It's like five bucks or really? something. Yeah, that doesn't feel they approachable. Don't even validate. At least that one in North Hollywood. Do they I own went to the that. lot or do they not? I don't know. I they think they probably it's a, don't own it. It's not the Staples Center, but it's in LA Live. It's like next to it. Oh yeah. Okay. It might be at the Novo or something. Yeah. I don't know. But anyway, yeah, I know. Oh, and by the way, I'm sure Bieber. Actually, I don't know, but I would imagine Bieber has thought about what his church thinks about LGBTQ people for like two minutes, <laughs> if at all. <laughs> like he I'm sure he has yeah, no just idea. Didn't know. Yeah, or, or th- I'm sure. Th- they do a lot of things where like a lot of churches do like, yeah, come as you are, you know, like everyone's welcome here. We don't, we don't condemn you. You know, we love you. Come in here. Da, da, da. But then it's like, and now that you're here. in here, <laughs> I know it's yeah. a bait and switch. It's not fun. Mm, well, you know, what is fun though. What? Dad. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes. I know. Yeah. As we're recording this, Two big things. One, this past Sunday was Father's Day. Yeah. It'll be well past by the time this comes out. Happy Father's Day to any daddies out there. And also, guys, friends, it is June 19th, a.k.a. Garfield's birthday. What? He's 40 years old today, y'all. Why didn't we do a Garfield episode? <laughs> it's Garfield safe. Guys, look it up. Let me know. Is Odia is Gar- Calvinist? Is Garfield a Christian? Is Nermal a vessel of wrath or a vessel? I mean, I think John is Mormon. I think John. <laughs> I know that for John's sure. John's Unitarian. Yeah. Uh, but uh, 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 so we conclude Father's Month, uh, which we a uh, concept we've kind of stuck to or not, depending on what we feel like. Yeah. With Phillips, Craig, and Dean. Phillips, Craig, and Peen. PC and D. <laughs> Phillips, Craig, and Peen. <laughs> I'm sure. No, I think we've said that on this show before, right? Yeah, I can't help saying it every time they come up. Um, but to talk about old PCD, we're going to need help from a very special guest. Very special. So special. She popped out her own LaCroix from her purse in her bag. I've oh never my felt gosh. more kindred to someone. Wow. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, she's a comedian. You'll know her from her upcoming mega podcast, an improvised show about a mega church. Give it up for Holly Laurent. Laurent? Laurent? That's the fancy way French way? Laurent. Laurent. Okay, welcome. Thank you. What origin is that last name? It's French. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. So, out of all the Looney Tunes, Pepe Le Pew, you're like, hell yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm really attracted to cats. (laughs) (laughs) That makes sense now. Well, you married a cat, right? I sure did. Yeah. I sure did. Garfield's birthday. Garfield's birthday, cat. That's great. Wait, how do we know what his birthday is? Well, I know it because I I just love that dude growing up. You're just a garhead. Yeah, I dyed my hair a long time ago to match him. I got a mic cord and a windscreen. I noticed you're always jumping on lasagna every day mm-hmm. when you come in here. You notice how I'm grumpy on one particular day of the of the week more so than the others. Fridays. Well, Holly, thank you so much. You bet. Thanks I have for to tell you, joining us. That I can't believe. I, I it gives me the flop sweats every time I listen to your podcast to hear "Sing Your Praise to the Lord." Why? Because Why? is it a trigger? It is. I had the um, backup tape a cassette tape of that and so I was going to sing it I was 12 no maybe I was 10 I was younger than 12 I sang it as a solo in church on Sunday oh, evening girl. service and I had practiced it and practiced it and practiced it and then when it came time we got to church and I was like I'm not doing it I was so scared I was like I don't want to do it and my mom was like you have to do it it's in the bulletin <laughs> And so I got up and stood at the big, like, wooden pulpit, and I was this skinny little white kid, and I was just like, 
Come on, everybody, stand up and sing one more. Hallelujah. Well, that's not a song you can half-ass. That's an anthem. I, I know. I you're standing behind the pulpit. <laughs> like a little kid. Hiding. The safe, yeah. And so you probably could only see my big bangs like coming up because it's the only microphone. So I had to stand at the pulpit. They didn't even set up a mic for you. They just... Yeah. <laughs> Well, and that's, you know, one more hallelujah. Try not to cry. Was it an offering song? Was it the song that they sing oh, when they yeah, was it pass the plate? Music? It might have been. Special music. That's it what they call been. it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. that was a big moment for you. Yeah. That's, uh, Usually the one, the special music I remember the most, because it's the most on the nose, was, I forget who does it. Mm. It might be Ray Boltz, but it's, thank you for giving to the Lord oh, and they yeah. would play that dirt, or some guy would sing it during offerings it's yeah. like this is pretty on brand yeah a little on the nose on bud. theme yeah well Holly thanks so much for joining us again what is your background with faith obviously it's fairly rich given our preliminary conversations yeah you have some great stories already I'm we've exchanged a few emails mm-hmm. yes every single time I'm like ha Kevin's gonna love this one <laughs> trying to drop little nuggets oh yeah no everyone Singer. I'm like we could do a half hour just on this yeah seriously <laughs> my parents were in the 1970s my parents had a Christian rock band called the Good News Circle mm-hmm. they, they met in college started doing music and then they started the Good News Circle and they were traveling around the country bringing the good news of the gospel through Christian rock like they were one of the first everybody thinks Larry Norman was the first I don't know yeah. that he might have just been the first more famous than them mm. but they were at the same time oh this might be a the founder situation yeah, yeah. Michael Keaton ripped off your parents <laughs> did your parents get signed on like a label and everything were they doing that I too? think so I yeah. would have to look I have all their vinyl albums I'd have to look <gasps> really there. yeah are they on Sweet. streaming services yeah are they I think, really? But only one of their albums got on there. I've looked it up before, but there's some stuff on YouTube uh-huh. about them. There's a um, they sing a song at a Billy Graham crusade for oh, like yeah. seventy eight thousand oh, yeah. people Whoa. in Texas. Wait, tell me their name again. The Good News Circle. The good what would be news. a song that maybe people would know if it came on? Um, well, you know what's really weird? Did you watch The Leftovers on HBO? Hell yeah, I did. No, you but did. I yeah. About it, yeah. Um, oh, Justin Thoreau, he does make the heart dance. Oh, does he not? He does, speaking of flops, who, baby? My they land. make 16 packs. Did you yeah. know that? And I mean, I was watching it just because he kept falling out of a bathtub all wet and naked mm-hmm. in all the episodes. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. International Assassin was a real Kinsey scale yeah. moving moment for he a lot of it. us. Yeah. So, you know how all three seasons had like a weird intro. Um, pilot episode of each season where it was like the cave woman uh-huh. and it was seemingly like how is this part of the show or oh, whatever okay. did they use your parents band song for the season three opener the season three and Whoa! I didn't know and Whoa! I was watching it and it came out and I was like oh my god wow, this sounds wait this sounds wait no wait and I, and I started being like I'm losing my mind I'm oh thinking this is the good news circle yeah and it was <gasps> was it this one that's crazy yeah, it's that one. That was the one on this the leftovers. It's their cover of I'd Wish We'd All Been Ready. Yeah, yeah. it's beautiful. A very creepy song about how you disappear in the rapture and then everyone's left behind. Oh, Low key, left behind Leftovers is one of the best uh, TV shows about faith ever. Or pieces of art, I would say. I love that show. Yeah, it's a so great just show. Go forward is this a little your bit. mom? No, Speaking, this, is, this a, is another person mm-hmm, in the this circle. This is another woman okay. in the band. Yeah, the circle's big. God's and everyone. Got trampled on the floor. Oh, yeah, it's brutal. Oh, oh, oh. 
I wish we I remember hearing this as a kid and being terrified. Children died the days grew cold. The tone of this song is a friggin' weirdo. He's a weirdo. We concluded that. It's dark. Yeah. And so I contacted my parents. First, I contacted my siblings, and I'm like, um. Did you know? Do you have an HBO Go password? Because I'll give you the one I'm stealing. You got it. Am I losing my mind? And then I contacted my parents, and like a month later, they were like, we got a check for $600 from HBO. Whoa! <laughs> Just 600 <gasps> <Nice>. bucks? <laughs> oh, listen, it was a, that was a Sunday night slot HBO show. That was a flagship show. I'm going to write them a letter. Yeah. I don't think they had to do anything because, like... They, it was they, public domain. Yeah, probably. <laughs> oh, it is? Oh, probably because okay. it's so long. Wow, that's so cool. Isn't that wild? That was really that's neat. That's rad. So I kind of grew up with the band mm-hmm. in this like bread truck going around the country wow. half at home half on the road with my family mm-hmm. and then um and then my dad would give messages at the end of concerts and and then altar uh, calls like yeah oh yeah very emotional converts people coming up uh-huh. devoting their life to Christ devoting their life to full-time ministry mm-hmm. tearful like conversion moments every night and I just as a kid would sit off to the side and watch it uh, my dad was really charismatic and he would do kind of like drama. He would act things out. He yeah. would like, he would bring up the hot guy from the youth group or whatever that everyone either nice. wanted to kiss or be. <laughs> and he would be like, all right, you're going to be the leper. And he would do the, he would act out the story of Jesus healing the oh, leper. Wow. Okay. But he would like make the hot guy like get down on his knees. And, and my dad would be like, do you think Jesus healed him like this? Like, don't get your cooties on me, little leper. He's like, no, Jesus, I know, healed him like this. And he would pull him up into this massive embrace. And the whole house is like, don't. <laughs> so a real Carmen type showman. Wow. Okay. Oh my gosh. Your references are blowing my mind. I don't know anyone in my life at this point who no Carmen. Is. Oh my goodness gracious. Yeah. Welcome to Good Christian Fun, wow. man. Your That's home. all it is. Your home. Wow. So as a kid, were you affected by these scenes or did it just kind of become commonplace to you? Or did you think it was just really neat? You know, I was a highly sensitive kid. Mm. I'm still, I learned in adulthood in therapy that I am an HSP, and this is a thing. What's HSP? A highly sensitive person. Oh, highly sensitive person. Okay. <laughs> nice. And it oh. manifests itself in all these ways, like sound, lighting, fabric, everything. But the big oh. thing is emotional, that I'm just like highly, highly sensitive. Oh, and I'm also very much of an empath. So whenever I come into a room, if people are feeling a certain way, I feel it, you know, yeah, and yeah. kind of like I'm too, I'm just so sensitive to those things. And so I... So coming to here tonight, you felt real tense and kind of mediocre kinda when you walked on. in this room. <laughs> <laughs> kind of turned on. No, come on. I don't know. I'm I just at my home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're a little more comfier than I am. <laughs> So so being on the road. So this was probably just very intense for you. Yeah, I I was very scared. Mm -hmm. I it was scared. Yeah, because there was so much about Satan and hell, and everything was very much about like we are snatching people out of hell and getting them into heaven. And there were like my dad would cast out demons. Ooh, that's scary. And as a kid, I'm like. Where did that demon go? Where? Because if it was in her, it's in the, it could it's be me. in me. Or it's in my bed. I mean, now. that's oh, demon yeah. law one on one. I was, ter- and so, yeah. and now I look back and I'm like, oh, people in crowds with lights at a show like have seizures. Like, oh, mm. okay. Like I've put it together in mm-hmm. adulthood of like, oh, she needed her neck stabilized. She didn't need hands laid on her, you know. Mm-hmm. But like as a kid, I'm like, oh no, like. 
All the adults in my life are telling me there are these very real invisible monsters that are seeking to devour yes. our souls. I've talked about this too. I had crazy demon fear growing up. And it was just like, okay, well, you just told me monsters are real. Yeah. So yeah. my whole life is uh, messed up now, like for a while. Because otherwise, you know, and every time you see like a you know, swamp monster on TV, it's like, well, don't worry. It's an actor in a suit. I'm like, no, but there's real ones. Yeah. And they come into my room at night. Yeah. So I've heard. Oh, yeah. And they can live in me. It's just, yeah, you told me monsters are real, so I'm real scared all the time. Yeah. And I had what I now have figured out was like sleep paralysis moments. Oh, no, no, no. And oh, that's so terrible. It, they're the worst. And I thought it was demons. Yes. You think I thought it possessed. was demons like on my Sitting body. On your chest. Yeah. Oh, I'm like, so where sorry. I, <clears throat> yeah. It was, I was, tr- and now it's funny. I think, I think about this all the time of like, you know, in terms of my relationship now to, faith and to Christians and to all that stuff. And I'm like, I think I have PTSD. I was traumatized. Sure. Yes. And it, it, that's a little dramatic for me to say PTSD, but like I, I, I used to, and then I developed sleep disorders because I would try to stay awake all night long saying the name of Jesus I because I was too. What? Yes. Whoa. Oh my it goodness. Too. Oh man. Yeah. Just trying to say like the chant that someone had told me one time or whatever. What was it? Uh, in the name of Jesus Christ. It was Bazinga. Oh, no, it was like, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to leave. Yep. I think that Very was much. the one. Yeah. yeah. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Oh. It, it, well, and the weird part, I don't know if this was like this for you too, but uh, the weird part was like once day came, I always kind of like forgot about yeah. it, like what had happened overnight or whatever. And then nighttime comes again and yep. I'm like, I need three lights on. I need my door open, like all this stuff. Yeah. It's scary. I would just be like, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, all night because I thought yeah. demons hate that word, yes. and so they'll not come into my body if I'm saying that. Yeah. And but I would be scared to go to sleep because then they could. I didn't, you know. It was it was a lot. And that then, is PTSD inducing stuff. And what? you're definitely not alone. Like I, I've heard quite a few people too that had that kind of same things. So it's just tough. And then during the day, I would constantly chant the like, "Please forgive me for every sin I ever committed," because I was so afraid if I got hit by a car or something in yes. between having done the sinner's prayer and then having sinned, yes. then I, I would be. Shit out of love. That's specific to some denominations. They yeah. believe if you haven't repented for whatever right. the last sin right. is. Right. I remember a guy who's in, I don't know, I don't think it's all Church of Christ, but I remember a guy in high school, he was Church of Christ, and he was like, yeah, if there's unrepentant sin, then your connection with God and your salvation yeah. is fractured or uh, so go to fractureme.com. Like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, uh, and I, I've heard, I read somewhere else, I think in one of our groups too, of someone talking about this specific, like this kind of chanting kind of thing to you, even in your head. And it's not OCD, but it's something similar where it just triggers that in your mind where you like are constantly praying and talking to the Holy Spirit because if you let go for a moment, like you're out loose, you know, you may get taken over. Hmm. That's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot. I don't think trauma is overstating it. I don't think at all. Thanks man. Yeah. And everything. And I hated church because I would just sit there in fear the whole time. Like I, I had been told that if you take communion, when you have sin in your heart, it'll, if you have unrepentant sin, you'll get sick from the communion. So I would just be like, (laughs) there's no nutritional value. If you take communion with sin in your heart. Did you have the fear of the, like, you know, the unforgivable sin if like, if I blaspheme God on accident, then yes. I go to hell. And so I'm like, I don't. And then sure. like predestination got yes. me all freaked out where I was like, well, what <laughs> if I, and that actually made the most sense to me. Cause I could never find the, Jesus gear in my car, mm. in my individual car. And I felt like I would look at my siblings and they were all doing their devotions and it really worked for them. And I could just couldn't get it in that gear. Mm-hmm. And so then when I learned about predestination, I was like, 
I'm not predestined and I was put oh, no. in this Christian family and there's nothing I can oh, no. do. Oh, and man. then the idea of a very real hell that is eternal torment with zero relief for each. I'm like, man, I mean, check your, the, the, you're telling kids, what? Yeah, we're trying That's, our best. I was talking with my mom about this because she was asking like how we would raise kids or whatever in church. And I was saying like, I was just so scared a lot of the time. And I think to be a kid in, in some Christian spheres, it's just scary. Like you're just afraid of a lot of things because a lot of it doesn't make sense or it's so black and white and there's no like nuance of like, well, depending on your theology, there may not be, yeah, and you the, know, just things yeah, like that aren't the there. The narrative of Christianity too, boiling it down to those kind of like good and evil absolutes is the way you make it understandable yeah. to the, I will say, even on like a, even if your theolo- your your theological perspective or like your understanding of how God and the universe works, it's still complex and complicated as hell, mm-hmm. yeah. or as nothing as Rob Bell would say. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, and so it's like very difficult to. Yeah, there's a hell, but it's supposed to show God's mercy in heaven. Right. And like, it's part of his glorious plan. <laughs> it's not a bad thing. It it's a good it's a bad thing that he allowed, but he didn't create. Yeah, like even and if now, you meet a real like bad person, you'll <laughs> yeah. be happy that there's a hell because that's like justice yeah. and something. It's like, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I guess like for kids, I mean, Jesus is a great figure. Like there's this helpful person that's there and loves you for no matter who you are and all you always have access to. Like that. I feel safe teaching a kid that feels fine, but everything else is like, this is scary. Yeah, a big thing. I, I'm not having kids, but if I did, I would try so hard to protect them from the idea. The, I think the idea of sin and that you are born, mm-hmm. you are bad. You born are wretched. deeply bad. Yes. Mm-hmm. Total depravity. To- yeah. yeah, and that you, and, and you know, in adulthood, coming across different teachers and philosophies and stuff to be like, whoa, it's a revolutionary thought to me to have self-compassion and yes. self-acceptance and to also be like, um, no, we're good. Yeah, like, like innate value. Yeah. And not just because like a God happens to love what gross monster yeah. I am, you know? It's yeah. Like, no, And I'm who good. requires a blood sacrifice yeah. because yes. I'm so depraved. It's, um, yeah. Okay, so sorry. So back Christ- up. By the uh, way, kids. just to point out. Oh, yes. A Christian thought leader on the other end of that spectrum that doesn't so much emphasize the you're all bad and you're born bad and there's nothing good about you. Mr. Rogers. Amen. Did you see it? Yes. Did you I haven't see seen it yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By Maybe the time this like... comes out, I will have seen it and have like tweeted like selfies outside. Times. Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh. Made top ten moments where I cried my eyes out. But yeah, he's and he's kind of getting dragged now by this like generation of people who are upset at the participation trophy culture of like everyone thinks they're special. And that was his whole thing, right? It's like, like, yeah, that there's something like good about you. And there's something that I want to like recognize. Are you getting a little teary eyed right now? (laughs) It's hard. It's hard to even watch that trailer, but yeah. And he was a minister Mm -hmm. and he was a very Christian man and a man of faith. Yeah. Wow, I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. Yeah. Whoa, I was raised without TV. That's a that's we'll Ooh, get to that too later. Okay, so let's sorry. So concerts, you were there. Everything was very intense. Church was not fun. So that was kind of my early childhood and then in junior high, this was really bad. I my parents put me in Christian school, Schaumburg Christian School in the suburbs of Chicago. Shouts out. <laughs> I to this day, whenever I drive by, which now I live in LA, so it's very infrequent, but I would I still flip that place off when I drive yes. by and I'm always afraid that a car is going to be right next to me and be like what did I do <laughs> hey. I did that at my old uh, workplace building the other day and 
I was really? just like, ooh, this was right at someone also that was just standing in front of the building, you know, like innocently. <laughs> anyway. Man, I feel like I've been missing out on flipping out feels buildings good. culture. Yeah, it, it, it feels try. good. Yeah. It mm. feels good. I went there and that was a fundamental Baptist Christian school. Okay. And so it was like, I mean, for most of my childhood and adolescence, I was in church Sunday morning, Sunday night. Wednesday night, Christian school, Bible class five days a week, chapel three days a week. And the chapels at this at this fundamental Baptist Christian school was like pounding your fist on the pulpit, fire and brimstone. You had to go soul winning every day. You had to turn in soul winning. the names of the souls that you won. What? Oh, what? No. Mm-hmm. Oh, also, I should say, you know, not only is my dad a preacher, he was an itinerant evangelist when um, I was young, and now he is a pastor at a megachurch. Oh, wow. And Can you explain what itinerant evangelist So means? he was just traveling around the country. He okay. would go do high school assemblies, county fairs, uh, churches. He would go to churches a lot and relieve their pastor, give their pastor a break, and he would come in and be the special pastor for mm-hmm. a weekend or for a few weeks. And or... sing, sing your praise to the Lord. Yeah, to the yeah, 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 yeah. And um, because basically what happened is it started out, he was in the band, and then he would give a message at the end for people to have an altar call. And then he started preaching more and more. And then when the band broke up, he just stayed on the road just preaching. Okay, got it. So that was, he was just a traveling evangelist. But both my grandpas are preachers. Wow. So my mom's dad was a preacher, and my dad's dad was a preacher, and my dad is a preacher. It's the family business. Uh, Yeah. Okay. Very much so. So it's like rich history of people doing this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's why, and we'll get to this later, but then as soon as I graduated from college, I started working at a church because I was like, I don't think there are other jobs in the world other than this. That, that I've never heard of any. <laughs> yeah, junior high was really hard on me because you're already so uncomfortable in your body. And I felt like Christianity really made me um, hate my femininity mm-hmm. and my uh, just being a female even. Mm-hmm. I would hear from the pulpit all the time, like the sin of drink or gambling or women. And I'd be like... And you heard this from female preachers, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, all female leadership. (laughs) Yeah, like women are just sort of this extra token tossed in with like like, objects. (laughs) Yeah, wait, I'm a sin. And I'm sure you probably heard. I've heard this at my Christian school too. Of like, don't uh, make your brothers stumble. Like everything you wear triggers them. Like be careful. Oh yeah, don't touch them ever. You know, stuff like that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Cover your stumbling blocks. See, <laughs> honestly, sincerely. No, it's really. I'm sure some guy has said that. Has said, "Boobs are a stumbling block for me." <laughs> I can't believe I've never thought that or heard that. That's fantastic. <laughs> I'm sure it's happened. Oh yeah, yeah. Look I'm at sure the there's stumbling songs about bo- it. <laughs> what did you say in the intro? You killed me. You called a milk. What did you say? Oh, milky knockers. <laughs> <laughs> Which is our side project Christian band that yeah, we're spinning off third on the road. I thought that was your UCB improv team. Oh, oh yeah, it was. That's why we quit. Because <laughs> we could not get booked. I'm it not was accepted. in bad taste, they mm. said. So, yeah. And then um, that was really hard. At that school, like, girls had to wear dresses and skirts. And they would make you get down on your knees when you came into school in the morning. A female would check the females and men would check the boys. Where the dress code was so strict. Like, men, you would be a good, you would do just fine. A great Uh specimen. Oh, I don't like this. (laughs) Because your hair could not touch your ear or your collar. Okay. So you're killing sure. it. Sure. Oh, yeah, I'm crushing that. Because part of it. the divine deity of the universe is worried about your hair He's touching your collar. He's concerned about your uh, hippie looking hair. See? <laughs> That's exactly it. I think it's and that. Then, um, and then they would check our clothes when we came into school in the morning. 
we would have to get down on our knees because if your skirt did not brush the floor when right. you were on your knees, then it was too, too short. short and you would have to go home. What was the, the boys like if your khakis don't bloom out too far yeah, from your legs? You need a lot of pleats so we don't see what you got down there. Yeah, no, it's like if, you're, if your crotch area of your khakis is too stiff, then it's bad. Because that would happen where you would like sit down, no yeah, erection to like speak of, and it would just be like, and it's like, yeah. I have them in my own pants sometimes. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, I've noticed. What? <laughs> that looks cool. Can it? <laughs> it looks progressive. I don't know. <laughs> and then the other thing was for girls, for your breasts, they would check that your shirt came to the furthest most point of your breast and then it had to fall. What? Fall. Oh, st- like straight down? Yeah. It couldn't go under. You know, it wow, what a pop. rule. Oh my yeah, gosh. It had to, so nothing tight, essentially. Yeah, and so they're checking my body every day. I hate my body. I hate, I'm hate. i uncomfortable with my body. And then, you know, they'd be checking my breasts, and I'd be like, oh, God, no, no, yeah, don't. Like, and um, I was like, why is this shirt concave? <laughs> <laughs> well, and that was like, a school is that good? where the schoolmaster was Aunt Lydia, right? Exactly. <laughs> so exactly. Stupid. That was, was not that worth it. it? Yeah. No, it wasn't. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> I haven't started the new season. If you finished the new season? I haven't started the show. Two-thirds away. Anyway, shirt checks, body so, checks. Yeah, that was really hard. We didn't really learn science because um, they really thought that scientists were the enemy of yeah. God. And you know, Did you have a Becca books or Bob Jones University books? Oh, Bob Jones. The, the, my junior high where I went to was yeah. affiliated with Bob Jones. Yeah. Yeah. That's it, because mm-hmm. I, I had Bob Jones University books as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, growing up homeschool oh and there was a uh, I'll, I'll, if I can find I'll put it in the, the show notes for this episode but someone did a tweet thread recently of here's what those books said <laughs> and it was wild where it was like yeah. directly antagonistic towards science yeah. and environmentalism yeah. and the most even more so than quote unquote mainstream history the most whitewashed version of mm-hmm. manifest oh, yeah. destiny and colonization and things of that nature oh yeah yeah oh yeah so yeah. it's pretty shocking to look back and like we've read those yeah. we've read those books yeah anyway. it's it was a lot and then and then i couldn't take it anymore so i went to a public high school for high school and then i had such culture shock cuz it was like people were making out and fingering oh, yeah. can you say that yeah. Uh, you can't say it, but you can do it. <laughs> what? And like smoking and smoking pot and everything. And I was just like, oh my gosh. I was like, I was like shell shot. I was like, yeah, I think I, it's everything they said it was. Yeah. It's yeah. yeah. And so that, it just was like, oh wow. So then I left that and ended up going back to Christian school. Because it was so shocking? Yeah. Yeah. And I was like getting beat up by these you girls. You were getting beat up? Yeah, oh, girl, it was terrible. Terrible. Time. I it, oh, oh, it was the worst. And then, then I went to um, Wheaton Christian High School in Wheaton, oh. mm-hmm. and graduated from there with a class of like thirty or something nice. like this tiny little school. So I went there like just my last year of high school, and they'd been together since like kindergarten, and so I didn't really have any friends. Like I was just kind of like, this oh man, tough. just get through this. Yeah, and then. And then I went to a Christian college. I went to Anderson University in Anderson, Indiana, mm-hmm. Church of God School. And actually, when I got there, I was like, whoa. I remember pulling in, and it said Church of God, and I was like, Dad, is that a good one? And um, Oh, it's confusing, because you do you do try to parse out if you grow up in a certain denomination. Yeah. Right, like, is that one of the good ones? One is that one of the bad ones? Mm-hmm. Right. Are they the denomination that thinks I'm going to hell if I get in a car crash, et cetera? Yeah. So. And, and then what I discovered there was that from... 
according to the way I was raised with the belief system I was raised with church of God was like very liberal compared to the way I'd been raised. Mm -hmm. And so I had like philosophy professors who were trying to teach me how to think critically. And I was like, like my brain didn't work because all it had ever been was like you know put it in and regurgitate it out and never you know think critically about things and ask questions and all Mm -hmm. that stuff and um he this philosophy professor was like listening to a lot of the stuff i said and he was like i have a book for you and he handed it to me individually one day after class and it was called the myth of satan and i was like what do you mean the Mm -hmm. myth of satan Mm -hmm. and he was like just you know, read the book and then I want you to write some pages and your, your response to it back and hand it in. And I was like, okay. And I was like, what? And then you walked away and you saw a pointy tail coming out of his trousers <laughs> <laughs> and horns. And then I'd never noticed that trident behind yeah. his chest. Yeah. It was red it was skin. <laughs> it wasn't just a prop. <laughs> and then, so that was like a little chink where I was like, wait a second. And then I started to learn how to think in college, which is kind of late. I've always been a late bloomer and a slow learner. <laughs> I think that was, I think that was, uh, I, you'll find a lot of people who listen to this show. That was oh, true. Yeah. That was true of me really? as well. Yeah, yeah. Where it's like college. Oh, the world, yeah. you know, but it just feels as, and that's probably most people's experience with just like whatever perspectives and worldviews, right. but it feels exacerbated and underlined more so when your upbringing like is as narrow from church as that. A yeah. Bit. Yeah. yeah. Whoa. Yeah. In college, my response to that super fundamentalist evangelical background was, I just, be, I just rebelled. Like, I just mm. lost my mind in college. I was just like, oh, wait, uh, what are all the things I'm not supposed to do? That's what I'm doing, you know, mm-hmm. drinking party. So I found the like bad kids at the Christian college who would sleep through chapel. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and like, did that feel good on some level? It, yeah. I feel like it would. Come on. <laughs> yeah. You liked it felt it. <laughs> good because it felt like I finally had tribe. You know, I'm like, I'll go to the drinking parties and yeah. we well, especially when, like, social each stuff. other. I think the last, like, all of high school was really fraught and difficult and weird and yeah. yeah yeah so I felt like I finally found you know something here but it was just fraught with guilt because I was like well the fact of the matter is I'm going to go to hell because of this lifestyle and so the, I was just again the fear and the guilt you mm-hmm. know so it was just uh it was a lot and then do you know Bart Campolo Tony Campolo's son yeah so he came and he did a spiritual emphasis week at my college and he got up in chapel on the first day of spiritual emphasis week, which just meant we had, we still had chapel on Monday, Wednesday and Friday, but then we had um, like evening meetings Monday through Friday. Ugh. So you could go at night and I'm like, no way. <laughs> but I got there, and, but chapel was required. We had to go to chapel. So I'm right. sitting in chapel and I'm sitting with all the bad kids. I'm like, that's so stupid. brought a snack. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and he gets up and he started with this really provocative thing where he was like, if you watch TV or whatever, if you enjoy television, you're not a Christian. And everyone was like, what? And he was just trying to like press buttons. And his thing, I don't know, I should ask him now because I, I just, um, we'll get there. But his whole thing was that he's like, the way I read the Bible is that following Christ is about relationships, period. It's about your relationship with the divine and your relationship with human beings. And everything about watching television is anti-relationship. You're checked out. You're, it's this isolating thing. It's not relational. So therefore, it's not Christian in my book. And everyone's like, this guy's a quack, blah, blah, blah. And so nobody showed up except like I kind of sat up in my seat and was like, 
I kind of dig this guy because mm. he's like so unapologetic. Because I guess Tony kind of is that way too. Mm-hmm. Like he began some uh, in some Christian setting. He he said the word shit or something, and mm-hmm. everyone lost their mind. And he was like, "Why is it that that gets more of a reaction out of you than like starving kids?" Yeah, that's the famous thing. It's like uh, there's X amount of kids starving in these countries, and you guys don't give a shit about it. And the reason I know you don't give a shit is because you're more offended that I said shit than yeah. the starving oh, kids. Wow. Yeah. Which is a pretty effective rhetorical device. Yeah. All things That's being yeah. cool. Yeah. So I think Bart like didn't fall far from the tree and um, Tony Campola was really about, uh, there was like a, he, he kind of is like a good Christian. He's the kind that's like, it's about social activism. It's about justice. It's about social justice. It's, you know, all that stuff. And um, I went to the meeting that night of mm-hmm. Spiritual Office this week and he was like, okay, everybody who put up with the thing I said in chapel, he's like, I was just trying to root out the people who I didn't want to talk to anyway. So he's like, the pe- I was just messing. He's like, so the people who came tonight, he's like, let's get down. Like, let's talk about stuff. He's like, I don't care if you're sleeping with your boyfriend. I don't care if you have porn under your bed. I want to know if you basically give a shit about poor people because the way I read the gospel is it's about being in service. And it, it you know, Matthew 25, like, that's how Jesus knows you. Like, oh, I was naked and you clothed me. I I recognize mm-hmm. you. And wow. so and so I was like I dig this guy because everything in my life that for decades had been essentially Christianity for me had been boiled down to don't drink, don't smoke, don't have sex. Mm-hmm. Don't drink, don't smoke, don't have sex. A legalistic. Totally. And that was it. And so that's not compelling, right? And it's like, oh, so if I just do those three things. And I remember a lot of my girlfriends getting married and then having sex for the first time and being like I am like this is an unhealthy thing for me Mm. because like I was so uptight about it. And now like in one fell swoop, it went from the worst thing in the world to a beautiful thing. Yeah. Yeah, I know literally in one day. Yeah. Yeah. Now it's all allowed. And in fact, you're supposed to celebrate it and be, and it's supposed to be the best part. You know, well, Nathan even said that on an upcoming episode. Yeah. It is the only action that becomes a sin depending on the context that's interesting so it's like oh doing it in this context oh super bad Mm -hmm. doing it in this context is one of the most beautiful pictures of christ in the (laughs) church and it's wild yeah Yeah. contextually and you'd hear christian couples of like we make love to worship music oh (laughs) Oh, just be like oh gross we just rail (laughs) each other to some hill song before play to bethel can you imagine (laughs) nothing would kill the mood more for me Oh, good, good father. My, <laughs> a part of me just died. Yeah. Yeah. Although, oh man. So, so, yeah. Oceans okay. So, so this guy was like, I'm not here about rules. I'm here about let's do some good stuff here. Yeah. Yes. So I was like, finally compelled by like, something. This I was makes like, sense. Yes. Some level. Mm-hmm. So that night he was like, you can sign up to come work with me in the inner city of Philadelphia and minister to poor kids and live on the streets and blah, blah, blah with his ministry that was called Kingdom Works. And I was like, sign me up. And I finished that semester and I got on a train and I went to Philadelphia and it was one of the hardest things I've ever done. I was sleeping on the basement of a church with like cockroaches crawling over my body at night. I had to sleep with the lights on because then the cockroaches stay at the perimeter of the room. And it was... Oh, I would wake up in the morning and drag like bloody mouse traps and like stinking garbage like through the alley, living in this inner city, like living in the basement of a church and starting like day camps for kids mm-hmm. like who didn't have food during the summer because they weren't in school and uh. didn't have. And so I just 
fr- from nothing started these day camps. And so I was, I was staying in this Presbyterian church doing this inner city ministry in Philadelphia. And I started going to this, the Presbyterian services on the weekends. And I'd never, again, call me dad. Are the presbos okay? Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> and would he lay it out for you? Like, well, we don't agree with this and this and this. You know, yeah. And again, the presbos turned out to be, compared to my upbringing, wildly liberal. Mm-hmm. And there's not, oh, a, sure. there's not yeah, a more yeah. dirty word than liberal. Mm-hmm. And so I ended up in a friendship with this Eucharistic minister who was female. And that to me, I'm like, what's going Whoa. on here? <laughs> and then, and then in our, I remember in our, that summer when I was working there, like in our friendship at one point she was talking about being a Eucharistic minister and blah 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 and she was like you know the different myths from the Bible and the poetry and whatever and I'm like excuse me and yeah and again she's talking about like creation and the story of creation as being a poem about um, the love of a creator for their creation and and I was like no I beg to differ that (laughs) is how we got here and it is fact and it is seven days of this this and this in my biology textbook so I don't know (laughs) what you're talking about exactly (laughs) that was in my science book (laughs) (laughs) my science and that was another like chink where I was like you're like this is allowed to think yeah Mm So it was stuff like that where it started to just, um, it started to dismantle for me. But I really had to go through a lot of the trauma of, there's just still, there are still so many rocks I'll turn over in my mind and there will be this little weird dogma under there and I'll be like, whoa, that's still in my brain. Mm. Like stuff internalized that you're you're still discovering. Mm. Yeah. The, the you know what's interesting is speaking of Bart Campolo, mm-hmm. like a year or two ago, I got a text from my brother and was like, Holly, because I had worked with Bart Campolo in inner city ministry, and then I went on with my life, and I I always loved him in the back of my mind. I'm like, that dude is cool. He's mm-hmm. great. I hope he's still out there kicking ass. Blah blah blah. And um, but I just lost touch with him. And like a year ago, my brother contacted me, and he's like, Holly, first of all, Bart Campolo lives in L.A. Second of all. He is no longer a Christian. He's this. He's the um, humanist chaplain Whoa. at um, USC. Oh, interesting. Um, hmm. And I was like, "What? That's got to be a great story." And he was like, "Listen to this podcast." And he sent me this link of, "Do you know that guy?" I always get it confused with Rob Bell, not Rob Bell, but the other Bell who has the um, Life After God podcast. What's his name again? Ryan Bell. Ryan Bell. He was a pastor, and he started being like, "Oh, dear God." I don't believe like Mm. he was, he was losing his faith and Mm -hmm. he was like, I'm a pastor. I'm married to a Christian. I, my family is built on Christ. My job is built on Christ and I don't believe. And he lost his job and his wife left him and he, yeah. And he, I think he lives out here too. And then he started this podcast life after God. But I remember that being in the news of like this pastor loses his faith, blah, 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 blah. And so my brother, Chris sent me the link and was like, Bart Campolo is on Ryan is on this podcast life after God. And I listened to the whole thing and was like, my mind was blown. (laughs) I found his, I found Bart's email and just, the I can't, how much can you swear on this? You can, as much as you effing want. Just, just the I just found like Bart Campolo in the in the 
I got his email address and then the subject line, all it said was, holy fucking shit. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, well, at least maybe I'll get his attention. He'll get back to me. This is slightly a deviation from your story, but did your brother have like a matching path with you as this went along? Because it sounds like you two keep in touch and talk about these things here and there. Yeah, my brother, I think my parents have kind of had like a 25% success rate with their kids like carrying on the faith because there are four kids. Okay. And three are kind of like... Vessels of wrath. <laughs> Thank you. I've always wanted to know what I should go by. And I, I have no, There's your business card no right there. No title has ever stuck and that feels right. <laughs> um, but yeah, my brother had a really similar path and um, and it's funny because the same thing was happening to me. I was where I got out of college. I started working at a mega church. I'm working at this church and I started going through, I remember being backstage for like big weekend programming of like mega church weekends and being backstage in the green room that had like a $78,000 rug in the green room. Mm -hmm. And my sister had just bought a house in Indiana for like Mm $78,000. And, um, there was a time, I think it was a time magazine in this stack of magazines, um, in the green room. And it was about mother Teresa and about how after she died, they discovered that she had, all these doubts or that she had like struggled in her faith. Yeah. That it wasn't quite as black and white as people thought when she was alive. Cause she was just like honored as a saint. But in fact it was, it was a much more human version of faith that most of us go through of like, wait, is this true? And yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I was looking at this time magazine and I was like, Oh my goodness. I, I, I was realizing that like, I don't, I don't, believe like it had been like what everybody says like death by a thousand cuts but I was like when I was removing parts you know of like I'm not gonna I'm like I would bring it up in meetings all the time at Willow about um homosexuality I'm like this isn't okay we can't be on the wrong side of history on this Mm y'all like Mm -hmm. and and you know Bill I was like the senior pastor I was like you you were the one who were you were getting in trouble for marrying mixed race couples Mm. like and and you plowed forward getting in trouble yeah he 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 got so much flack for like for marrying people who were of different races and i'm like this is that like this is that like yeah yeah and um you know i would sit at like leadership summit and stuff where you know willow was going to come out with its big statement about homosexuality or whatever and it was like no we have to stick with what scripture says and i'm like i was sitting there going you know that's so much less a statement about homosexuality than it is about basically what you're making a statement about is the inherent word of god you're making a statement about scripture right you're You're saying scripture is infallible in every way yeah and but still we'll pick and choose which is yeah true or not and i think i'd been sort of like removing the you know blocks that i'm like no you know hell and Mm -hmm. you know all that and um that's always the final blow though it's always homosexuality (laughs) or it feels like honestly for all the people we talk to it just seems i guess maybe like in our generation, it just got to a point where we're like, this Sucks. can't be right. <laughs> yeah. You know, like I was following with you for so long and then just like, this can't be right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's so many things though, too. Like one of the things that Bart, so now Bart and Tony Campolo have a book called Why I Stayed, Why I Left. And mm-hmm. each chapter is like Bart saying like, you know, where he is now and how he, you know, his thing is that it's not that I don't believe it's that I can't believe. In the same way, I would tell my parents, like, there's no way that you cannot 
believe the things you believe. You mm-hmm. believe it. Mm-hmm. And it's the exact same for, you know, it's like, like you I can't get there. It's not a choice. Uh-huh. You know, it's like, oh, you you have that or you don't and it was just so painful to be losing that and then the fear that came along with it, but then also eventually getting to a place of freedom from that fear. Yeah. And it's really interesting Bart and Tony Campolo just made a documentary where they just talk as father and son because Bart was the same thing. He had built his whole life on ministry. He was a minister, blah, blah, blah. And so he kind of lost everything. And he was like, oh, no, I, what do I do? Mm-hmm. He was like, you know, humanist kids and atheist kids deserve like weekend retreats and stuff too. Like there are all these different, you know, <laughs> at, at yeah. USC, like you can have like Youth for Christ and they get to go and do their fun thing. He's like, I guess kids who don't believe like deserve that too. I'm going to minister. And his whole life had been ministering. And so he's like, I'm going to continue to minister, but to people who, you know, don't believe. And um, mm-hmm. in the in the documentary that he and his father sit and talk about um, how Tony believes and, and Bart doesn't. Tony asks him, this is one of the most, this one hit me like a ton of bricks. Tony asks him, what were the books that you were reading? Like, what were the books that you read mm. that, you know, dismantled, that did this to you? Like, mm-hmm. what were the books that you were reading? And Bart was like, honestly, the number one book that made me lose my faith is the Bible. Mm. Like, if a God requires like death for forgiveness, that like bronze age blood sacrifice, you know, he was like, it's the Bible that didn't make me a Christian. I was like, whoa, (laughs) that was the like, (laughs) but it's hard. My still like my, my dad's a pastor. We Mm -hmm. don't talk about it, you know, but he knows you're not part of this anymore. You just, we just don't talk about it. We just don't. Talk about it, but it. he maybe has a sense. It's probably it. how most people exist politically with their parents, where it's like <laughs> yeah. we love each other, we don't talk about we that. Yeah, it's out. a little yeah. bit different because it's his job. Yeah. yeah, so it's a little more central than like political. Have you ever had a conversation or... with your dad? Like, these are some of the da- like. Have you ever had doubts, dad? Or like, have you ever had this place of weirdness with faith? Or yeah, we used to talk about it all the time. And when I was early, in my early 20s, and I was still real fiery about it and like still fighting for it and stuff. We would really get into it. Mm. We would fight about hell mm-hmm. and about different doctrines and stuff. Um, and that was really unproductive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, I just sort of pulled back and we've kind of found it. But it's really painful because to deeply love someone that you almost can't talk about anything that's important to the both of you about mm. diminishes your relationship to a degree that is so painful. Yeah. And I don't know what can be done about it, you know? Yeah. It infects every part of like important things in your life and the things you could talk about. Yeah. Because is it because it's so central to him or because the lack of it has become so it's kind of the lens well, you can't talk you about what ministries at his church or yeah. just like all of his friends probably or just like events he's going to. And he's a supernaturalist big time. So oh. everything is angels and demons. Everything is spiritual. And Satan. Like oh, we, yeah. we went to see Dunkirk and all the way home from Dunkirk, he was just like, this was Satan this is the gospel. moving through Hitler. This was all Satan. This is, you can see the, the handiwork of Satan. And it just gets like... Yeah, I know, you know what you mean. It's, um, which, by the way, there is a poetic way in which that still makes sense. But it's when you make it as literal as like 
And then Satan took his arm up a little bit and like, yeah, yeah. when it gets so one for one. Yeah. And you know what's really, so I, I'm shooting this film, this a, a short this summer that I wrote that's called Brought to You by Satan mm-hmm. that is a, basically based on a conversation I, I had with my dad about that. Anyway, but like, you know what's so fascinating to me is I'm like, especially speaking of Matthew 25 and, and like if you look at Pharisees in the Bible and all that stuff, I'm like, I feel like so many Christians now, it's just, it's like the Pharisees. It's about believing the right thing and orthodoxy. It's mm-hmm. not the, the actual, I just feel like all of the gospel comes down to Matthew 25. Like that Jesus was like, here's how I'll know you. I'll be like, oh, I don't know you, never seen you, never seen you, don't know you, don't know you. Oh yeah, you fed me. You housed me. You, you're my friend. Oh, I know you. Like that just makes so much sense to me. And I see mm-hmm. so few Christians doing that, you know? Like also with my parents, they've become so poisoned by Fox News. And um, oh, I d- we were just talking about that we were before you just got here. Really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. What were you saying? In, in a lot of ways, like it is good for us to remember that we have family members that live in that world. Because I think if we were both raised with really liberal parents, it'd be hard to have compassion for quote unquote the other side, you know? Or it, would, just- it would be difficult to see. And my family, for whom they are more conservative, are, are by no means like MAGA people. Yeah. But I think if I was raised in the kind of environment of thought that I feel like I exist in now, it would be hard to see that side as anything but monsters. But all that to say, like, I understand too, just like, but I know there's stuff that like you've been hearing a lot and they would probably say the same thing of me too, that like, I know at your core, you're not actually like this, but like you've heard this so often that this is what you want to believe now. So yeah, what do we do? And especially when um, the Bible gets dragged into those spaces like Fox News Mm -hmm. and you have, say, an attorney general saying (laughs) enforcing the law is (laughs) biblical. And as of recording this, this is literally all any of us can think about right now. And, And that the Bible, I will say one of the more surreal moments and this will be so out of date by the time people listen to this. But one of the more surreal moments of this whole conversation is Stephen Colbert, who is like a devout Catholic man, yeah, playing a clip like that, and then... But I will give Sessions this. That is what Romans 13.1 says, okay? You gotta have laws. But if he just read a little bit further into Romans 13.10, it says, love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. But I'm not surprised. And an audience in the Ed Sullivan Theater just applauding this counter use of scripture like, yes, that's who we're supposed to be. I'm like, what is going (laughs) on? Weird, yeah. Yeah, so even that just being like, oh, yeah, the Bible is, (laughs) when you use it, and listen, Bible's, not great in parts. It's not past the Bechtel test. <laughs> oh, no. It's not <laughs> but, good. Yeah. No, it's... But the I, idea of, like, appropriating yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. It, the, it, it feels like the fight of our life, I think. Yeah, in in terms of faith stuff, to reclaim, especially, like, since the election a couple years ago, to... It just feels like a lifelong thing that we're all going to have to do for those who are still associated with it all yeah. to be like... Yes, the Bible, but not that. And that's right. not the thing. And yeah. all these church leaders announcing. Anyway. So when you had this moment where you're sitting in the green room and Time Magazine and everything, <laughs> and you're like, wow, I, I don't believe this anymore. How was the extraction for you and like the fallout after that? It, oh, man. You charged the stage and screamed <laughs> that to the congregation, <laughs> You held right? up that mother tree. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> you know what's really funny is, did you ever watch The West Wing? 
Oh, of course. Kevin's obsessed with this. Remember how Jed Bartlett Two brought... Cathedrals, season two, oh, finale. Incredible, you son right? son of a bitch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Smoking a cigarette on the altar. Mm-hmm. That was such a beautiful... I still yeah. get I get goosebumps. Do you remember when they hired Ainsley Hayes? Was that mm-hmm. her name? Oh, yeah. That beautiful, blonde, Republican woman. And, mm-hmm. and Jed Bartlett was like, bring in this great-thinking, yeah, smart, we should hire sharp yeah. Republican into our into our democratic white house mm-hmm. because we need her like she is a great mind blah 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 i started thinking of myself that way at willow where i was like i guess i'm the ainsley hayes yeah, like I'm i can help them yeah. yeah i can help them because the person they're trying to reach is me mm-hmm. you yeah. know what i mean and mm-hmm. i work here but if any of them knew what my beliefs were at that moment i would have fired just like that mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. bam and so it and so then this like Oh, that became a real thing of like I felt like I was hiding this thing, and I was like, I I have to leave. I have to leave. It's such this a burden job. too to be like I might be the only force of change in this place, and like I have to stay and fight these battles for you know gay people and everything. Right. Like, you really though crystallized because I feel exactly like an Ainsley Hayes in one of the church, one of my side piece churches I'm involved with right now that I've been involved with for nine years nice. at this point, where it does feel like certain views. Yeah. Certainly for LGBTQ, but for women stuff, yeah, where, where women stuff feels particularly toxic in a very specific way, where I feel insane still being in the church, yeah. where I posted it. Anyway, I won't get into it, but just like women being like, no, I don't see a problem with it. And I have to be like, no, but don't you see the patriarchy? And you never yeah. feel more like an asshole. When you're like, but the patriarchy to, to a, a woman, woman about right? patriarchy. Like mansplaining the <laughs> I know. So, but the alternative yeah. is just like bye, and then the everyone looks the same right. over yeah. time. So mm-hmm. if you go to a church with four white male pastors and they believe yeah. a particular thing about gender roles and a woman preaching and blah blah blah. Yeah. And then everyone who's like, I can't hang with this leaves. I don't know. And that's like the easy thing to do. So yeah. so what did you do in that scenario? So the Kind of simultaneously, since I was in college, in college I had started to get into improv and comedy, Mm -hmm. and so I'd kept it up, and the whole reason I moved to Chicago was because I'd kind of always been obsessed with um, comedy. I I was raised without television, but I would go over to the Stickovich's house, and they would VHS tape Saturday Night Live every week, and every week I would take that VHS tape over there, and I would memorize, I don't know why, I would memorize every female part. In the on the show that oh weekend. So this generation, we talking like Sherry O'Terry. We yep. talking okay. Yeah, totally. Molly <laughs> Shannon. Yeah. I would then at the dinner table, I would sit and perform, and I would do all the sketches from SNL. Yeah. And my family was just like, "Shut up!" <laughs> I was really obnoxious, but I was becoming more and more obsessed with it. And then I got into improv in college, and then my acting teacher in college was like. He had just studied with Paul Sills over this summertime course, like up in this barn in Wisconsin or something. And he came back to um, our acting class and he's like, we're going to do all this improv from Paul Sills and stuff. And I was like, and I hated it. I was terrified of Mm -hmm. improv because I was so self-conscious and I had really low self-esteem. And, um, but then I, I kind of was like, I have to do this because everyone was like Saturday, you know, you have to go do second city in Chicago and that's how you get to Saturday night live and all this stuff. And I, I had been so scared of improv. It was kind of like the dragon. I'm like time to face the dragon. Mm -hmm. And so I moved to Chicago just to do, um, 
just to study improv at Second City and to go up through um, Second City and all that. And so that's when I started working at the church in the Chicago suburbs and I was doing comedy at night. So I was like, I had this day job at the church and it was like helping me like feed my my comedy habit at night. And I spent 10 years in Chicago um, taking every training center, every, you know, Second City. years. IO, Annoyance. How long were you working at the church at the same time? 10 years. You were at the church for 10 years when you did all this? Yeah. Wow, okay. And so right around this time with the Mother Teresa magazine and all that stuff, I had been sitting on the understudy bench at Second City for the touring company for like two years. And they were hiring people who had been brought on as understudies way after me. And I'm like, oh, they're skipping over me constantly. I'm, this isn't going to happen. And um, But I still, I was doing improv shows seven nights a week. Gosh. I was like doing every bar prov, improv, yeah. every kind of like, um, I was writing sketch shows. I was like completely obsessed with it. And right around the time that this Mother Teresa thing, I got, I finally got hired to the touring company. So I had started touring with Second City, mm. but you can't live on that. Like you maybe improv make money. Like, yeah, you would make like three hundred fifty dollars a month yeah. like touring. Oh man! And so, but th- then at the same time, I met my husband Greg mm-hmm. at um, in co- in comedy and improv in Chicago, and we got married. And finally, one day he came to me and he was like, he went and got this job he hated. Man, this makes me really like him a lot. <laughs> and he went and got this job he hated. And he came to me and he was like, I can like cover us so you can leave. Like you have to leave for your like emotional and mental well-being. Wow. You have to leave that job. Question. So you were working at this church. Was the church constantly like, why isn't Greg coming? Or did Greg go with you? Oh. To all this stuff. I'm sure that was a whole thing, too. It was a whole thing, too. Yeah. Plus, it was far. Like, we lived in the city. Yeah. We lived in Chicago. Yeah, and go this out was, like, an hour church. away. Yeah. I was, like, commuting to this job. Yeah. And so, Greg was never there. But, yeah, one time, my boss was like, we need to have a one-on-one or whatever it is. What's it called when you have to have your yearly evaluation with your boss? Your order? performance review? P- performance review. Uh-huh. Well, maybe it wasn't a performance review. It was just like, we need to have a one-on-one. And I was like, okay. Which speaks to the kind of corporate nature of a mega church yeah. of that size because <laughs> other places it would be called like, a discipleship fellowship meeting or something <laughs> like coffee. that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it would be, let's get coffee. It would totally be that. But it was a performance review. And she took me on a walk like around the campus of the church. She was like, so... Um, you know, you've been dating this guy and I just want to know, like, how is it that you're not having sex? And I'm like, whoa, what? That is not the question I thought was coming. Oh my God. And she was like, I need to know about like your purity and what you two are doing to stay pure and to not everything. And I'm like, no, you don't. Oh, oh my. And I remember just being like, I, 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 like, I think I said something like, I've always felt so bad about my body. It's pretty easy to like keep it covered. You're just like, so don't worry about it. That's the reason I never went to second base. I I always felt apologetic about my yeah, little tiny just like, boobies. Oh no! And she was probably like, "Great, glad to hear it." <laughs> yeah. And now I look back and I'm like, "Whoa, that's that is like insane." She a freak. That's yeah. Not, that's, yeah she was, no, that's not a okay. Freak. Like I've had that come up before too. Of like it, it joining some like you know semi leadership position or whatever, and they're like, "What's your?" Uh, how's your sexual accountability partner? Like, tell us what your <laughs> sins are. Yeah. So we can just check it. You know. I'm yeah. Like, None your beeswax, you know. Yeah. Like I'm dealing with so that. Yeah. It started to get like, yeah, we were in on weird ground. I felt weird. I think the people I was working with felt weird because I was saying stuff that they were like, 
What's up, Ainsley Hayes? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like, who is she? I work by this is so reminiscent of my stories while working at a mega church in LA while supporting a comedy habit at night. And one of the breaking points was when we all went to a staff retreat baseball game. I took an Instagram and hashtagged it. This is where your tithe money is going, which, you know what? They didn't like that much. That's so funny. Oh, no. Anyway. Kevin, you're great. Well, <laughs> sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, yeah, but it did remind me of wow. that. That's, that's gutsy. I like your style. Because uh, my husband worked briefly at a church, too. Well, two years. And there there became this thing behind the scenes, unbeknownst to me, where if I wasn't showing up to church as often as they'd like, they would like confront Nate about it and be like, where's you know, Whoa. are you, how are you guys doing? Like they were asking about like the state of our marriage basically based on that. Whoa. And then, and then b- basically implying like, well, you know, a healthy marriage is when the husband and wife can like team together in ministry, like for the kingdom of God and et cetera and so on. And, and he was like, she's fine. You know, like we're good. <laughs> how she's submitting to you though. Yeah. Yeah. She's and of course, like the weird out. expectation of like, <laughs> Oh, but the wife, like, she's kind of a freebie staff member that will never pay, but, like, she should probably help lead a group, you know, and, like, yeah. do this stuff. And I was like, no, I have That's an office job. I'm good. No. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so I can imagine, like, it being weird with them. Like, why? What's Greg? You know, what's yeah, going so, on with you two? So and, I, yeah. It's, it like, was, their business. It too. was getting mm-hmm. real tricky, and I finally put in my notice, and I'm like, I, and the day that, and, and I'd been on the touring company for, like, two or three months, and the church was not cool with that at all, because it was I was mostly touring on weekends, and they're like, you have to be here on weekends. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, but this is all I've ever wanted. Like, hang in there with me. Yeah. But I just needed to go anyway. And mm-hmm. um, uh, so, but the day that I went to HR and I handed in my keys and I handed in my laptop and all that stuff, I got in the car and I was driving out of the parking lot of the church. And I was having a real moment because I was like, I've driven into this lot. Ten for, years. Yes. Yes. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times. And I'm driving away and I'm never coming back. Mm. And I had this, I felt like I was on the precipice and I was like, do I believe in myself in comedy? Like, am I leaping off this cliff? Like, I mean, talk about living by faith. I was like, oh my gosh. And no shit. I'm on I-90 driving back to Chicago on the commute and I'm just tingly and I'm having moments where I'm like laughing of like, I feel so free. And then moments where I'm crying and I feel so scared and I'm just so manic and my phone rings and I look down at the phone and it says, Allison Riley, who is the producer of the main stage at Second City Mm. where I've, where I'm now on a touring company. Mm -hmm. And I answered the phone and she was like, Hey Allie, do you have time to talk? And I was like, yeah, she was like, um, are you driving? And I was like, uh, yeah. And she was like, oh, why don't you, uh, why don't you call me back when you're not driving? And I'm oh, like, no. what? Uh-oh. And I'm like, uh, okay. I'm like, let me pull over. I just kept driving. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, now I'm, I'm parked. <laughs> <laughs> and she, using those acting <laughs> skills. <laughs> it's still the same. Like, Your object work was great. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. She saw it. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, she was like, I just um, was wondering if you would be interested in joining the cast of the main stage. And I was like, just screaming expletives. Just as you literally left the as this I'm safe job. Leaving. That you were, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. And um, it's literally everything I'd worked for every day for 10 years. Wow. And it happened. And it's, you know, six people each show, you know, out of the 
hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of improvisers in Chicago. And I was like, oh my gosh. And then that was just like my greatest dream come true ever yeah. to, to just have my job be, I show up every night and do sketch comedy, live theater, improv sets. And I did it for three years. And it was like, oh my gosh. And Colbert, when he came back for the 50th anniversary, he had said to the cast, like, this is the best job you'll ever have. And everyone was like, don't mm-hmm. say that. Like, you're doing what? the coolest. I this can't was peak doing here. Co- yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he's like, truly, it's the greatest job you'll ever have. And so I, that was like haunting me when I knew it was kind of time to go. And yeah. Greg was already getting jobs in LA and he was in LA a lot and I, I needed to move. And he had made that great sacrifice for me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I need to leave a job I love because I can't stay here forever anyway. So yeah, but leaving that job, I felt like someone died. And I was like, what? It's kind of like what Elizabeth Gilbert talked about after Eat, Pray, Love. She's like, what do you do after you have a huge hit? Like nothing's going to compare to that. Nothing I do as an artist is ever going to, so do I kill myself? (laughs) And I remember thinking that after Second City being like, well, maybe I'll just kill myself. Like, Mm -hmm. because I, that's all I ever wanted. And now I don't know what to do with myself. What is next? Yeah. Yeah. And then we got in the station wagon and drove to LA from Chicago with our dog and I cried the entire way here. The whole drive? The (laughs) entire, I was, and I kept like, I kept trying to hide it from Greg too. Like I would turn toward the window, like sunglasses on. (laughs) I was just, because I was like, LA, I was like, that's like Mars. It's like another world. I'm a Midwestern girl and what am I going to do? And it's the big, it's like, I'd been in a small pond. Now this is the ocean and oh my God. And I'd worked my way all the way up in Chicago. And then I'm like, oh, I'm totally starting over. Like I'm halfway through my life and I'm starting over in LA. And LA, it seems so hard and everything. But as soon as I got here, I was like, whoa, what took us so long? This is rad. (laughs) I was like, this place is What year was that? This was in 2013. Okay. Yeah. So not that long ago comparatively. Okay. I've almost been here five years. Wow. Congrats. So now... Now, would you ever step foot in a church again? Or is it just like, that's a... This isn't a trap question. Past chapter. Yeah, it's like, because I'll thank you. No. (laughs) It's so funny, because even listening to you two in the intro, I was like, whoa, there's so much stuff. I'm so out of the loop now. Like, I could the way you were... Even just that app you were saying and... Oh, the church clarity thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's fairly new, I think, too. So, we're still catching up, and there's much we don't know. Uh, but but we're still yeah we're still in it well my dad is still a pastor oh right but even that is like even now when i go home i used to whenever my dad was teaching that weekend i would go you know and but now either he hasn't been teaching when i'm home or but now like my parents get up and go on sunday and i don't and then they come home and we don't talk about it and out Mm -hmm. here like i don't i i it to me it really is like a it's just so triggering with all my stuff, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it sounds like, like a, a wound that's still healing up. Yeah. yeah, and I'm like, when is this going to close? Like, how much compassion? And, and I'm starting to learn that it's about self-compassion and self-acceptance, and then it's about extending compassion and extending acceptance. Mm-hmm. But And I, I, I think about, I can't tell you how much I think about this all day long every day, where I'm like, when am I going to... Because I'll even, like, I live in Hollywood right under that cross that's up by, like, um, you the know that Hollywood cross Bowl? on the 101? Yeah, right by yeah, the Hollywood Bowl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I live right directly under that cross. Oh, my and gosh. I just look at that cross, and I'm <laughs> like. See it every day. Yeah. And I'm like, oh. And it gets a little bit closer every <laughs> night. Inches a little bit. And I'm like, when am I going to be, I want to be, you know, 
I, I'm trying to take steps towards wholeness and, and be able to be like, you know what? Everybody's doing their thing. If it, if it serves you and if it's good for you and if it makes you have a better life and it makes you love people more and love yourself more and love life more, like, hell yeah, you know? Mm-hmm. But I feel like I'm fighting this almost like inner, you know, prejudice of like, I noticed my husband and I went up to Idlewild for, our, for my birthday this year and we got a little cabin and whatever and we were walking by the cutest little Christian camp with all these little cabins and uh-huh. the, the little chapel and, and the so little kayaking thing. And you went in there thing. and scared the shit out of <laughs> But I I remember being like, oh, instead of being like, oh, remember Christian summer camp? It was no, it just still like makes you get out. Yeah, Yeah. I still had the feeling of like they're hurting those kids because they're making those kids not like themselves and not think that they're fundamentally good and that and that females are like worthy Mm -hmm. and that females have agency and like I just get like ah ah and. it's like Bart laughs at me. He's like, oh, you are not over it. Mm. And I'm like, yeah. I'm not. And That's I okay. want to be. <laughs> yeah. I, I want to be. And I'm like, how long is it going to take? I think it's hard to find harmony with sometimes people or even a particular group of people, which their exclusive truth claims become disharmonious against your lifestyle in a lot yeah. of ways. You know, So like, if you don't believe this, you're kind of out. Yeah. So not not in a way where I I understand why gay Christians or gay people would be like, no, I'm yeah. not engaging with this at all. Sure. I don't feel a need to empathize with such and such group because this is an attack on my personhood or people of race groups or women being yeah. like, yeah, I'm not I don't yeah. need to reach across the aisle and hold hands with you because that's not self-care. Sure. So yeah. if you want that to be a goal, that's great that you're working towards it. But I don't. And it's important maybe because of your like family relationships and stuff, but I wouldn't put any undue pressure on yourself because sometimes self-care is backing away from it and keeping like a healthy space and distance. Yeah, and probably even just like reminding yourself too of like, oh, that was a place that caused me pain. So this makes me feel safe. Even if it feels just like anger, it makes me feel safer that I just don't, I don't like conscience it basically yeah in there so and I think because I'm so wired being raised in church and fellowship and community and all that I'm so wired for community and fellowship that thank god I kind of found that in comedy Mm -hmm. and it's it people always say improv is just like church it's great because we have our leaders and we have our language and (laughs) yes and we're all nerds and we're all like we love this weird thing and Besser's John Piper freaking Amy Poehler's Beth Moore like it's a wonderful <laughs> Absolutely. And so it filled that kind of I'm yeah. wired for that. And so then I found that and I remember like in the first few years of comedy being really like uh, feeling this intense wave of relief every time I would be like, "Oh, this person is going to accept me no matter what even if they know that I don't if I if I'm not like them. It doesn't matter mm-hmm. in comedy, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. And I think I just felt so ostracized by the tr- that idea of like you are w- you are one of us or you are not you know you're out and right. I so you know comedy has kind of saved me in a lot of ways I, I, I've been putting together a book of essays called Denim is the Devil's Fabric and it's about how a preacher's kid lost Christ but found comedy and it's a it's a it's a compilation of like a whole bunch of stories of like the demon yeah. casting out of the demon at the summer camp and childhood and stuff and then like 
you know, now life and comedy and kind of like juxtaposing the two and stuff. Mm -hmm. But my grandpa used to always say denim is the devil's fabric. Truly. That's why we weren't allowed to wear jeans because it's just, it's designed to show what you got in the front and the back. Whereas my grandfather, true story, wears jeans so tight you could always see a perfect outline of his ass. Wow. Shouts out to Jim Porter Thank and you. Granberry, Texas. Oh, I, I don't know. Own it, Jim. Whatever. Own it, Jim. <laughs> Should he be proud of it? Is it a nice... Uh, he's a good looking guy. Sure. He's got ass good. for miles. Yeah. Good. No, good for my, him. My grandpa's got a sweet ass good and I'm not him. afraid to say it. Good for him. I will say, I think, I think comedy does function. I think when I've been a part of or seen churches function at their best it's when it does function like in a comedy or an improv community sort of sense that you've experienced where it's a bunch of people that otherwise would have nothing else in common yeah. because i've even caroline being one of them like made friends through certain like church communities or circles for whom we would have nothing else in common well, or to talk never about met. yeah than this one thing and yeah. i think that's why fandom communities are so whether it's like yeah. trackies or steven universe or whatever yeah. it is that's why they congregate so powerfully and on the internet and over time it's because it's like well we have nothing else in common but we have this one commonality it's yeah. that c.s lewis quote of like oh you too it's almost like we're not connecting anymore All right. but okay. like we're connecting now and oh social boy. media i know like it's a cold take i know <laughs> it's a cold take what is this an episode of black mirror <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. But oh, I'll tell boy. you what, you two are kind of like, maybe you're the beginning of the healing process because I'm like, well, these are two human I'm beings. I'm changing the fucking are. world right hey, now. Yeah. Yeah. Just a couple of Judases with a <laughs> podcast mic and a dream. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, this podcast alone has been quite like a faith journey for both of us, but definitely for me too, even. I'm yeah. just like, I think about things so much differently than even just, you know, September when we began such a long time ago. So uh, it's a, process yeah <laughs> just say that yeah. we yeah. might come out the other end of this very different yeah let's see where this goes <laughs> yeah we <laughs> a burt camel situation Campolo. you gotta, you gotta have him me. on you hook us up yes. i'll look you up yes. that'd, be cool. that'd be great he has a podcast now called humanize me and it's all like talking to people who have deconverted or um like uh, when they come out to their family about having, you know, lost their faith, that they well, this are. This sounds like competition. I don't huh? know if we can have him on. <laughs> you would love him. <laughs> He's kind of great. He's really interesting, and it's so interesting that he continues to minister with uh, as a secular humanist. But yeah. Kind of, yeah, with this ideology that's just different. And but everything is the exact same. It, it like it's kind of. Incre and oh, here's what I was going to say earlier. You two are so incredible. You keep anyway, <laughs> but like. The thing I'm really struggling with that this that is this short film that I'm making is kind of about is like, is it just semantics? And this is something that really haunts me because like my dad, so so you see like a situation of like domestic violence. Mm -hmm. My dad encounters these things because people come up and talk to him in line after church on every you know every time he teaches it at church, and he hears these stories and blah blah blah. And when so let's take like a domestic violence situation. My dad looks at that and he says. I see the powerful stronghold of Satan. Mm -hmm. And I look at the exact same thing. We're looking at the same thing. And I say, I see addiction and abuse. And, but like, we're looking at the same thing. So th this is honestly what haunts me is like, do I believe in invisible demons? Like, you know, no. But then at the same time, like, if you've experienced addiction or abuse, like, isn't it like, a fucking monster. Yeah, like an like, unnamed force that you can't control in yeah. some ways. Mm -hmm. Like I had a friend tell me recently, we were talking about a, another friend of ours who 
got in trouble with the whole Me Too misconduct, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, did you reach out to him? And my friend was like, I did. Because I realized that like, if I was in that situation where my behavior had made me lose my job, lose my marriage, lose my reputation, lose everything I'd built my whole life because of this sexual misconduct, he's like, if the monster was that strong, I'd be on a bridge somewhere. Because I'd be like, I'm going to kill this monster. Mm. And in that moment when my friend said that to me, I was like, whoa. Because you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it, it is. It's it's a monster. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's been really, and it's a conversation we've had maybe once or twice on the show. Or we've skirted around it a little bit. But the idea that was brought up at a dinner party I went to a few months ago. Mental illness or demon. And this is a dinner party full of mostly Christians. And so it was very much like splitting the difference. <laughs> and people weren't as fundamental as you would expect. Of like, it's a demon. But I think for me, it's important to use the language that is the least alienating to the most people. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. It could. Yeah. To me, well, it feels it, like synonyms because if you're saying. Yeah. Like, there's so many things that we have language for, even just in the world of medicine and medically and in the AMA that were just classified as, oh, she's just being a little weird or she has anxiety where it's like, no, this is what this is. Yeah. So to me, that says that language is important. And if you say, if you say to me, well, Satan really had a blah, 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 blah. And I'm in a totally different spot with it. Well, that's, I'm not going to yeah. pay attention to you or take that seriously. Yeah. I'm, I'm, that's going to alienate me from that conversation. Yeah. So I feel like it's just knowing your audience really well and, yeah. and speaking to that. Because I think, I don't think it's out of line for a person to say like, oh, there's something like demonic-like attached to this. And, and certainly with something like heroin addiction, that just feels so all-encompassing. Yeah. And visual, even though there are like chemical realities yeah. to it. I think sometimes it's helpful and sometimes it's not. Yeah. Yeah. I understand what you're saying too, that like, yeah, we both sort of believe in this thing, you know, this like disembodied thing. But of course, like the treatment that demons get versus abuse get is totally different. Like, so your your dad, not saying he would do this, but may look at that situation and be like, well, they need to sit down a pastor and pray about it. And that'll fix it. Yeah. And then you may look at this and be like, they need to go to the police and end this situation and free this. So like that, that's yeah. a particularly good example because it's very obvious, like what the difference would cause. Right. And so, yeah, I, yeah. I, I guess I'm just affirming like, no, I think you're good in that situation. <laughs> well, like, but- I don't think we're, of course we have like maybe foolish things that we believe in that like are secular or whatever. But I, right. I think in particular, like, no, they get such different treatments in the church versus yeah. the outside world. And I think oftentimes the outside world has better definitions for things or, yeah, or, yeah, or even it's just more relevant than it's Yeah, and not to make helpful. too much of a pun about it, but the greatest trick that the devil ever pulled, I think in some church cultures, is making a sin primarily between a man and God and mm-hmm. not primarily between a man and a woman or a man and the other party or a man and the rest of a group of people or a society or a culture. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, when a, you know church that I trusted for a long time had two missionaries sent out a married couple one of them was addicted to child pornography his wife caught it the church tried to discipline the man and deal with it internally shamed the woman in the process ostracized her socially because the man was on a repentance trip and the woman wasn't submitting to the man's leadership that's when it's not helpful right mm-hmm. it's cuz you've like smokes. you've misunderstood the primary relationship of that damaging crime 
And even that, sin versus crime. If it's a sin, mm, let's deal with it. Let's counsel it out. Let's let's work it and put it through the prayerful processes before we go to cops, FBI, whatever. So that would be an instance in which, like Caroline's saying, the consequences, the language having the the real life consequences does matter. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's a heck of a story. Yeah, he's our guest next week. (laughs) (laughs) I'd Could like, you imagine? Cool. Oh, no. Nice. <laughs> talk to him. Second service, baby. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. Holy smokes. No. Well, this has been great. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. Thanks all for of sharing that. your story. I know that's like that could be some hard stuff to open back up and think about again. So thank you for thanks. sharing that. Thanks Appreciate for it. Listening. It's yeah. fascinating. Your Always. Story. Oh, thanks, man. Well, let's take a little break and then we'll be right back with more good Christian fun. This headgum podcast is brought to you by Aura Frames. That is right. Uh, from grandmothers to new mothers, aunts, even the friends of your life, every mom loves an Aura Frame. Holy shit, even aunts? Yes, especially aunts. Oh, well. Because it was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter and selected as one of Oprah's favorite things. I mean, these Aura Frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. I believe it. You have an Aura Frame, don't you? Yes, I actually more than believe it. I know it. Uh, I've got one for my mom, my mother-in-law, my grandmother-in-law. And dare I say your aunt? And dare you say my aunt and my aunt-in-law. Everyone's got one. Everyone loves them. I mean, Mother's Day is right around the corner, and there's no better gift than a digital photo frame. You give them the frame. It's got preloaded pictures in there. And you know what? You can update it with an app. So every time you take a new picture of a sweet little uh, person or place or thing in your life, it gets automatically sent to that frame. Exactly. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. Holy smokes. Excellent deal. Yeah, that's A-U-R-A Frames.com. You use the code HEADGUM at checkout to save. HEADGUM. Nice. Yes. Headgum. It's easy to set up. It's loved by everybody, including Oprah, including your aunt. Mm-hmm. So do check them out. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code HEADGUM at checkout to save. Damn right. And terms and conditions apply, of course. Of course. Thanks again to Aura. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Welcome back. I screwed welcome, it up. Welcome, Dad, to good welcome, Christian welcome dads father. <laughs> to good Christian father. <laughs> uh, let's get into the topic and yeah. dive in. Yeah. Phillips, Craig, and Dean, PC and D. Now, before we get into this topic, I do want to ask about your upbringing. What was the Christian pop culture? We talked about a few off mic before we started recording again. Uh, Holly was kind enough to compare me to Russ Taff. <laughs> Google him and see if you think I sound He's like he looker. looks. <laughs> um, you know, for me, it was all Amy Grant all day. Okay. And I went to her concerts and I bought her mm. um, like tour books. You know, at merch, you can <gasps> buy her t-shirts and her the tour book. Mm-hmm. And I saved up and I went because we weren't allowed to listen to secular music. But And at first, we couldn't even listen to Christian rock because percussion. 
percussion sex. makes oh. people shake their hips so hard they inadvertently start fucking each other. Yeah, no, no, no. It's <laughs> it's a wonder people weren't getting pregnant at those Newsboys concerts. That's why the bathrooms are always so full. <laughs> Constantly. Gosh. <laughs> at Christian concerts, the bathrooms uh, are so there's always full. A line. Of the, yeah. yeah. Dang. That makes sense. I like you, too. <laughs> so, um... I was obsessed with Amy posters on the wall. I would lay in bed at night and I would look and one of the posters I had of her had her signature across it really big. Wow. Yeah. And I would practice her signature every day oh to try gosh. to master it. Oh. I loved her so much. That album where she's wearing the um Leopard? Yeah. Oh yeah, unguarded. Oh, yes. oh yeah, baby. She holds up, by the way. She's great. Mm-hmm. She's great. She's like a great person. She too. owns like Christmas now. Yeah, yeah. She is. Oh, she made Christmas her bitch a few oh. albums ago. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. And I have to say, I love that she's with Vince. I yeah. think Oh, I do too. I love it. I'm like, get rid of that because m- piece of I think milk Gary Chapman and her it was a troubled relationship. It wasn't right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everyone gave her a lot of trash about it. And, and then Vince just like, crooner. He comes and he sings these romantic songs. Vince to her. looks like a potato, which is unfortunate, but he does <laughs> probably love but her so like much. Sweet he does potato. look like a potato. And um so for me it was all immigrant and um and then I, I emailed this to Kevin. When this the, we do need to talk about for a hot sec so when the good news circle was going through west virginia they would go through michael w smith's church when michael w smith was just smitty he was just a kid yeah first smitty baptist was the church (laughs) and he and my dad developed a relationship and as the lore goes and i think michael would agree with this is that he kind of became a christian because of my dad whoa and we have your dad to thank for all of my dad to thank us for so much of this show (laughs) Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Oh my God. Whoa! And, and I think because of the Good News Circle, I think, I might be making this part up, but that Michael W. Smith was like, whoa, this Christian music is great, blah, 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 and that he got into Christian music. So you cut two years wow. later, my dad... Wait, the most unbelievable part is that he said this Christian music is great. <laughs> maybe it was back then. Come on, people were doing interesting stuff. I don't know. Maybe you're fuzzy on the details on that one. I think I am. I think I Fact check I'm going to give you that. I'm going to give you that. I'm going to give you that. Although the Good News Circle, like it sounds, you can hear in the Good News Circle, you can hear sounds that are reminiscent of like the dead and like mm. CCR uh-huh. and like Peter, Paul and Mary and the monkeys. Like you can yeah. hear the sounds of the day and like Simon and Garfunkel. You can hear all of that. Well, and um, there's so much overlap with that already with like. That was like a folk just melange of yeah. like music going yeah. on there. Mm-hmm. And it was a problem too. Like my mom, her dad was a preacher. And when my mom started dating this guy and married this guy who was doing rock and roll even though it was Christian rock and roll it was like mm-hmm. that is a no 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 wow, no no and so they were rebels and um anyway so he developed this relationship with Michael they kept it through the years and then in the 90s I think my dad went to Michael and was like you need to write a book about your life blah 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 I'll be the ghostwriter. I'll write it you tell me all the stories and I'll write the what? book and my dad ghost authored Michael W. Smith's book it's called Time to Be Bold <gasps> Whoa. Oh my gosh. So he. So he if I'm reading all... Smitty's book, mm-hmm. I'm just, yeah, I'm getting You're a little close to your daddy. And so he would come to our house and he would uh, play our, you know, out of tune piano. Reeking of sausage cups. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we made a, we made one of his like favorite recipes from his mom's cookbook that yeah, she I'm looking published. at cooking with Smitty's mom on Caroline's microwave what? over there. Yes. And one Liter- of his. No, literally, so much of this show is owed to your father. <laughs> Perfect for Dad's month. Oh my gosh, this uh, is incredible! Yeah, so for one second service, we made one of the recipes, which was like this 
just horrible, like Midwest. Disgusting. Uh, dis- it was real gross. It was like turkey sausage and like a tortilla, no, like wonton cups or whatever. Um, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Cooking Wait. with Smitty's mom. And the picture of the two of them, this all looks like baked goods. I'd say baking with Smitty's mom. Well, I would too, but she's got quite a few entrees in there that and are not. And they look alike. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I'm going to say it. He's a babe. I was going to ask. Oh, you can so get this it. babe is coming over to your piano. Yeah, Did you want him to t- <laughs> play your keys? keys? All right, Caroline. Come on. He was a married man. <laughs> Let me finish. I would. <laughs> I would. Tinkle your keys. <laughs> I would not have been mad. Wait, how old were you? You were about. I was in high. I think like I was in high in school. Range, you know? Yeah, and so it was like the cool. But it was the. It was like being raised in Christendom, and Michael W. Smith coming to our house. I'm like, we are now Christian huge, royalty. Huge. That would be yeah. like Bono coming to. Yes, your house. yes, yes. <laughs> that's huge. And um, and then for one of my spring breaks, I went to Nashville when I was in high school. I went to Nashville and I stayed. You Michael stayed? W. Smith and his whole family was they were on vacation, but I stayed at his house with his like assistant who was like housekeeping or was like um, house sitting. Oh wow! And we stayed in his house, and <gasps> I like drove his Miata. What? Ooh. I have a picture of me in his red Miata, dude. And I think this is all how I don't think. And then DC Talk came and did something at my college and then that's how i started dating a dancer named juan from from juan the dancer from dc talk they had dancers they had dancers oh yeah remember when they were on leno and they did jesus is just all right and those oh, dancers yeah. were going crazy in the Hip-hop background dancers wow yeah. that's mm-hmm. like a, i don't know that's almost too sexy for me <laughs> but that spring break where i was staying in michael w smith's house while he wasn't there that's amazing we went over to Amy grant's house to her farm shut up and her like german short hair spaniels in the loft. and her horses wow. oh my and gosh. she came out because the girl i was with elizabeth who was his assistant was like hey we just wanted to look at the horses and stuff and i was just like and i saw amy grant and i met how did her hair look that day i mean perfection yeah yeah yeah. it was perfection wow that was a big deal for you too, because of how you were raised. Yeah, did you tell her that? Did it. you have a good moment with her? I don't even think I could talk. I was like, oh, oh, don't, Amy, Amy, Amy. <laughs> and then one time I was backstage. Then my brother was in a band in Nashville for a while, and I was backstage at the Ryman Auditorium, oh, yeah. where Allison Krauss was playing, and Gary Chapman was there, and oh. Amy Grant was there, and Gary Chapman came on stage after Allison Krauss played, and Gary Chapman, while they were still married, I think this was in the years where yeah. it was getting tricky Uh and he came on stage after Alison Krauss and he was like ladies and gentlemen the best female musician in the world about Alison? about Alison and Amy was yeah I love Nashville tea being spilled. That is some hot, piping hot tea. Oh my god! Right? How mean? Also, your um, wife. Also, what's up with categorizing like female musicians? Yeah. Oh, big surprise! Gary Chapman is <laughs> super into. I think he was like doing coke and stuff, wasn't oh, he? Really? I think that's why it ended. Yeah, they called you him Jerry, Gary Chapped Nose because of all the powder that was going up. Thank in you. It. We can move on. <laughs> All of this might be a lie. Don't listen to any of this. Just, just everybody needs to know Vince Gill is fantastic. Yeah, he yeah, can get he it. Our, our, our last guest we had on for our Amy Grant episode was a big Gillhead, big Gilly. Yeah, he's yeah. a nice man. Yeah. yeah. 
A sweet potato. Okay, so basically you lived with Michael and Amy for a short time. Yeah, I was. Uh, did you hope that they were hooking up like the rest of us I did? I really right? want them to get together. <laughs> also, do you remember how the Christos turned on her when she sang with Peter Cetera? Man, I like. I almost wish Amy had started now, like in this time. Yeah. She's been but, skyrocket. I mean, she's we, already doing fine. Holly might whatever. not be here if she did start in 2018. So I am the child of Michael and Amy. Yeah. <laughs> they, I am their love child. That explains why you're so good looking. Thank if you, you legit were their love child, that would be... Wouldn't that be the Pretty best? sweet. Uh, if it came out that Amy and Michael had a secret kid that they were hiding from the world, Harold Ramis style, uh, that would be wild. That would make me so happy. Yeah. I bet the kid's like raised in Mozambique or something. Mm. Oh, here's one of the little Puritan rocks in my brain I sure. uncovered. Oh, yeah. I had I had the thought today about Michael where I'm like, I'm glad he stayed with his wife all these years. One wife, <laughs> one yeah. woman, We're, one I man. Always, one I always think like that. <laughs> I'm always like, I trust him a little more if they stay yeah. with the wife. Yeah, yeah, like that means but something then, like, to me. Oh, you know who I thought was cool? Because I went and saw them when I when I uh, moved to Chicago. Remember Pedro the Lion? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, David Bazan. Yeah, David. I they were playing in this bowling alley called Fireside Bowl mm-hmm. in Chicago, like in kind of a bad neighborhood. Um, that I ended up living in. And um, I remember being like, now these guys are onto something, man. And um, I remember liking them. It, it, but again, it's like the vegan thing. I felt like it was always like, well, this is pretty good for vegan. You know, I felt like right. that was always the way with Christian. Like, well, they're pretty good for Christian. It was like that. Yeah. that yeah. Like I would prefer to listen to Destiny's Child, but because the lyrics are what they are, you know, I'll settle for this thing that's like at least safe. Yeah. In some way. Mm-hmm. And then I think the rest of what was happening in culture when I was kind of coming up was like the birth of the megachurch where it's like we're going to remove the crosses and the ritual and the, you know, all the imagery and everything. And we're going to make it palatable for the seeker, you know, sure. the seeker sensitive. Yes. Mm-hmm. To, we're going to big old um, screens. We're going to speak videos. to the irreligious yeah. people. And mm-hmm. so that was kind of a big thing. And then it's, funny because even when I was working at that mega church I I felt the movement with Rob Bell and all that stuff start to come in where Christians like young hip Christians were like we want the ritual we want the stained glass we want the candles we yeah. want the incense we want the we want that stuff you yes. know I it's wonder still how that much way longer mega churches are gonna go on yeah I don't know I think in some way it's noble what they try to do you know that like we're not gonna be pretentious we're not gonna be this club that takes a while to learn the rules or whatever but of course, there is also this like dark side of like they're still sometimes very conservative or it's like too big or it's too corporate or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But I've read a lot of things, too, of the same thing of like young people who are seeking religious experience or seeking spirituality, like really love the smoke and incense and candles and, yeah. you know, ceremony and robes and whatever. And like somehow that feels better. Yeah. Which is counterintuitive, I would think, you know? Yeah. Like, we all just want to hang out and, like, tweet and, like, fart and whatever in yeah. this service. It feels cyclical, too. <laughs> yeah, but I think, yeah, maybe I think the Walmart mm-hmm. model of churches will not be... It felt like a boom in the 90s when everything mm-hmm. felt like a boom in the 90s, but it doesn't feel yeah. sustainable at all. Because yeah. technically, the, the definition of a megachurch is anything above 3,000 mm-hmm. or two... Actually, it might be anything above 1,000. In which case, like, really, yeah, oh, that's a lot which you think mega church and you think like, 
oh, like Joel Osteen can fit, you know, well, seventeen thousand. Megachurch is already like kind of colloquial term. Like I don't, yeah. I don't know if there's like I data know. set for that. We needed to check ourselves in the beginning with using that word mega. mega church. I mean, yeah, well, I don't think usually those church would like self-identify well, as that, but we all mega church. <laughs> no kidding, Same guys. Okay. Now, Phillips, Craig, and Dean. Oh, these boys. Oh, because boy. you know what? You know what? We haven't had enough of today. Dads, white straight dads. I love them. Can't get enough. Give me, give me three. Give me three heapins. I haven't had enough white straight dad in my life. I need three more. WSDs all day, all night. Okay, I have to be honest. I researched these guys so long. Like I was just turning over every stone. Like there has to be something. Or are here. you talking about uh, <laughs> Grand Slam kind of, corner? But even just like. What is what's going on with them? And guys, I don't know if they're just really good at PR, but like it's so bland. I don't know yeah. what you found, but it was just really hard to find anything like beyond just three nice dads wanting yeah. to sing. We just yeah. want to hang out. Yeah, you sent me an interesting video where one of them talked about he was suicidal at one yes, point. That and I had found depression. Was the most well, I don't want to say that's like, ooh, what juicy, but at least that felt like, okay, he's talking about something real yeah. here. Yeah. And you know, beyond just like oh, the Lord does this and that and whatever. Like to hear him be like, Yeah, I went through depression and I'm Wait, a pastor and I, I didn't know that Goofy was part of <laughs> Phillips Craig and oh, Yuck, praise God. <laughs> Gosh, <laughs> Mickey, are you saved <laughs> you know what i was thinking because i was reading on wikipedia about them mm-hmm. and i was they each had a solo album and they were really trying to yes, make it yes and then one, i saw this too one record label told one of the dudes like hey you should you should put together a group a and male so he, vocal group apparently. a male vocal yeah. group and so we went to the two other guys and they'd both put out solo albums and then i was like oh I mean, having come up in the church, I'm like, there is a sermon illustration right there of like, you know, Father, what? Son, Holy Spirit. <laughs> oh, it's a trinity. It's or so you true. could do it as community of like, you know what? We can try to go it alone, but success is going to come in community and fellowship. Mm-hmm. Wait a you minute. What, I mean? Amen. what idiot called it Phillips, Craig, and Dean and not Trinidad? Right? <laughs> oh my God. Man, you're good. Goodbye. Let's end it. Oh, man. Kevin, that was great. That was good. I put together a little playlist. That needs to be their next album, Trinidad. (laughs) Hell yeah. Are you playing it right now? What am I hearing? Yeah. No, this is Turn Up the Radio. Because, you know, I love this whole intro. Unless you're turning on the radio. This is the first song of their first album. This is the first one I listened to, and I'm like, oh, I love their commitment to the, like, Oh yeah, the static I on mean, the radio. You get it. They're telling a story. They're storytelling. Turn that up. Yeah. Will you definitely at least bring us to the key change? Because these oh, yeah. fellas have mastered the they key change, it. and they it got it. me every time. Chris <laughs> with it. Oh. Sometimes you get two. Oh, I got goosebumps. It is. I mean, Caroline does hit the nail on the head of just like the most. And vanilla is a great flavor. I'll go to bed. Vanilla, vanilla is a flavor, but va- this is like a watered down version of vanilla. If it's a flavor <laughs> at all, honestly though, I think these fellas can ride a hook. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh yes, they can. Radio yeah. Yeah. So I think it was it was Phillips who was like trying to make it solo, and then was like, guys, we need to make a band. I mean, I invented one screwdriver, but my music career isn't going so <laughs> hot. What do I do? Guys? It is interesting to think they're all currently right now. I don't know if they were at the time, but they're all head pastors of a church. I was trying to figure out if it's all in the same town because no. I'm like, what's I looked the- up each of their websites, and it's Missouri, Texas, and Texas, yeah. right? Yes. Me, t- I. 
We have one listener who works for one of them who emailed what? us a while really? ago. Yeah. Yeah, and it was when we did their song, You Don't Have the Right to Remain Silent. Oh, I love that song. That song's good. Yeah, that song rocks. But they said, uh, I think they listened to a little bit of the show, and they said they're glad that uh, we gave them a pass on that song, Wait, they, like one of Craig's, Dean or Philip? Mm -hmm. They listened? I I think, or, I mean, this listener will have to write back in. I'm so sorry I don't remember their name. I hope it was Craig. Craig's my favorite. (laughs) Oh, you're not Team Dean? (laughs) Dan Dean's fine It's hard to have an opinion On any of them Dan (laughs) (laughs) They're so great The cute one The weird one The sexy one Mm. Oh wait I feel like the key change Is coming Sing a song They have a key change In every single song Oh yeah Whether it needs one or not I've been kind of down today Kind of feel like I can't make it The pressure of a fast track world Is hard to handle now (laughs) (laughs) These guys I haven't got a lot to say, and I've resolved that I won't take it anymore. I know some good is moving in me. That's when I feel the music. Soothe, Soothe the savage beast. Savage beast. Oh, I, my. I hear the love. I find the release. Hell yeah, boys. Wait. Whoa, this is... Here we go. Goosebumps, it's like Michael Jackson. I like a key I'm at the front of the Titanic right now. Just like <laughs> Leo, turn up the radio. I'm flying. Okay, give us another one and we'll get to the key change. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. <laughs> because these guys it's are masters of it. They are good. Favorite song oh. of all? This already makes me feel like I'm in an 80s dance movie. Yeah. And it's gonna be love the and climax, it's gonna be yeah. like they'll finally get together. Oh, and I noticed you came alone. Oh, oh me? Do you mind if I, uh, you mind if I, uh, oh, never mind. Take my D now. (laughs) What? No! It's not Louie! You want to dance with me, but I have two left feet. Well, you know what? I think you'll find that everything's easier when you're listening to the greatest song of all. Turn it up. Or favorite song of all. Hi, I'm the principal. You guys need to break it up. (laughs) Hey, buzz off, Mr. Skeeter. (laughs) Uh, I mean, yeah, so I picked, uh, these are five songs from like their first couple of songs or albums. This is one of their big, big ones. Yeah. I like this one because it anthropomorphizes God so much. Like it just anthropomorphizes him. It's like, you know what? He, like, he's got a favorite song. He's got a favorite radio station. He loves... It's got a favorite ice cream flavor. Yeah. My He's, family is God's mixtape, and we're all a bunch of different yeah. songs. He loves to binge it. The Good Place. And yeah, that's yeah. right. I, it does feel like, oh, you could imagine, like, God swaying to the music and just be oh, like, yeah. And all Thank the you. angels are like, oh, we got on some CP, <laughs> some PCD? PCD? Come on, boys. <laughs> I'm swaying up here. All right, let's get to God that key says, I need to kill these boys and get them up to heaven right now <laughs> for a live concert. Not yet. <laughs> That's that is a thing that I, that Christians oh, love to say when somebody dies of like oh, God wanted them to God be with him or like he's dancing in heaven now. Yeah, yeah. Which is really good? insulting to the rest of us. I have to live. Yeah, man. Okay, are we getting close? Oh, I think so. Come on, guys. Yeah. This is better than oh. sex. Holy, holy. Sex. 
Phillips, Craig, and Dean is better so this than song, sex. What this song so. is about, it's kind of sweet, but it's like God's favorite song is when a sinner says the sinner's prayer and like gets saved and then Redemption. all of heaven. Re- because that is like, it's a verse in some part of the book. I don't remember which one, but it's like uh, every angel, here. yeah. <laughs> every Axel. angel uh, <laughs> like rejoices in heaven and yes. time a new soul is like one. Yes. So it's kind of cool. You know, that's something uh, Rob Bell taught me that Ooh. atonement, is it atonement or is it at one meant we're finally at one is or that really something he said or so you made oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, a- it co- could be either way that's a- <laughs> or a toe meant quintantino ouch left feet <laughs> what <laughs> mercy came running i love oh, this, this one this one's, one's good. my favorite crank it so i this I could also, be a great like country song that would be a top hit. Sure. Yeah, if it was country, it'd be yeah. better. Yeah. I picked all these because I remembered all of these from listening to the radio nonstop, mm. the Christian radio, mm-hmm. and they would play these so this much on 89.3 KSBJ. I actually had the thought listening to them, like, I have to get these CDs and give them to my parents. My parents would dig this really? music. Really? Sure. They not heard this? It. You know, I had never heard of them. Oh, man. BC and D? Yeah. Wait, your parents aren't on Spotify? They are. Uh, I think they are. There's one album on Spotify. Okay. Nice. I think. No, I, think, I mean like on like users of Spotify. Oh no, they're not gonna figure that out. Oh. Okay, yeah. Yeah. I think Dean's a little bit of a solo hog. Oh yeah. really? Dean's mm-hmm. the real solo. Is he slack. the singer? Is he the? He's the front man. <laughs> yeah. He always. He always. And he's got a great voice. Don't get me wrong. Is he the one who had cancer in 2012 and then yes. beat it? Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He's like real blonde, like kind of a weird haircut. <laughs> What? Not as much hair. <laughs> Wait, what did you Wait, just no, do to your nose? Dean. Does he have a gin nose? Not like a gin? A gin nose? Is that when it's like alcoholic? Like bit? Yeah, a little bit, yeah. Wait, are we saying, wait, which one's an alcoholic secretly? <laughs> Let's dox them. Let's dox Dean. Let's give them right. something. I mean, goodness. Yeah, should we make something up about them to make them more I mean, besides these guys can write a hook and change a key... Now, here's what's sad about it, though, because we're listening to these early songs. They did what every Christian band did, where they just went so hard to worship they're, music. They're now all worship. And it's yeah. now all worship stuff, and, and it's, it's even so more bland like, and boring. Mwah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And they did one kind of, ooh, Caroline's pulling out the old the encyclopedia. You know Kevin who, got me this. Christian you know who yeah. didn't go worship? Jars of Clay. Oh, really? What did they do? Oh, uh, they just kept doing their thing. I think they're on hiatus, basically, mm-hmm. now, though. Yeah. They're cool. Jersey. They're good boys. Are they still Christian? They are, but they're liberal. So they weren't, uh, they've been ostracized to. Yeah, that's yeah. a bad word. In some corners. Yeah, that's like, a real bad word. I think they've been uncomfortable with the term, like, Christian music for a long time. Anyway, I don't think they ever, like, wanted that necessarily. Wait, I think I'm getting them. Could remember what's that one? Um, six six pence on the richer. None the richer. Yes. What about Christian them? As well? What are they yeah. doing? I think they're doing stuff. I don't know. I don't know either. She's they're tired like, of kissing people. They're like the Christian cranberries. Yeah. 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 You yeah, know yeah. what I mean? Oh, totally. Oh, I yeah. remember being like six or seven in Michigan and hearing like "Kiss Me" and just being like, "Oh, Lay Nash." Wait, are you I'm from Michigan? Just briefly. Part Part of my life was in Michigan and Ohio. Wow, and then I'm yeah. from Michigan and Illinois. What? Mm-hmm. Wow, we aren't. We're more like we're than you like think. cut from kiss. the same. Yeah. <laughs> kiss, 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 kiss. No, 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 Caroline. No, that was a joke. Uh, oh, okay, <laughs> we'll let you know by the end you guys of the podcast. Rooting for <laughs> it. Okay, I found. I dug this up. So this is the. Uh, what is this called? Oh, the Encyclopedia of 
contemporary Christian You music. bought her that? Hmm? Yeah. Oh, that's a nice gift. He's found me lots of nice gifts. Um, I think he's also just trying to get me to wait. He was a passive aggressive, aggressive like, way of saying do work. <laughs> yeah, there it is! Oh, wait. Key sorry. change. Can sorry. we do it again? Oh, yeah. Go back a oh, little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll rewind it. The point of my D. Okay. See, if they're oh, still writing these, yeah. they'd still listen. 100%. Do they? No, they do, right? Oh. I mean, they're good. Yeah. I like it. They have won me over. I'm in. This is like d- dirty dancing music. Holly, yeah, it is. I'm holding up a picture of the three of them. Which one you smash? I would definitely bust on the. I, I'd bust what? on that one. I'd bust on Wait, the blonde one first. The right one. I, the on right? the right. I'd bust the blonde one first. Interesting. And then I'd bust the middle one. I would I would bust a couple okay, so nuts Dean, on that Okay, so Dean then person. Craig. Is that who they are? What about you, Kevin? I think it's lined up. Wait, I gotta see it. Well, here I'm a Phillips through and through. Phillips is a cutie. Phillips got a Jack Antonoff vibe on yeah, this album or, cover. He, for a while, he had a real like Michael J. Fox appeal. <laughs> Wait, which one would you bust on? Phillips. I, which one's that? The left. Yeah, far that's, left. That's Rick Moranis. Oh yeah. Yes, I think I'm gonna Moranis. do him too. Actually, he's mine. Rick Honey, Moranis. I blew up my Wonderful. dick for Phillips. <laughs> I think I'm going to go Phillips, too. Wait. Hell yeah. I, we all bust also, on Also, we have Phillips. to talk about how funny it is that all of them have names that are like two first names. Yeah. It's like Daniel Dean and Mike Phillips. And <laughs> it's so white. Okay. Oh, listen to this. Mm. This is like... Right, Those keyboards. This is like... Um, oh, it's such a specific time and mm-hmm. era. This, it this feels kind of sound beautiful. always Michael sounds Bolton. like yes. uh, yeah. the bonus song that they play over Disney credits, like a, yes. in like the '90s movies. Can you feel? Yeah, yes, it. it's so full of longing yeah. and intensity. Okay, so this Craig, like you wouldn't smash, but, but I hope they're all listening. <laughs> but wait, I have a wife. He had this one. You would. Right here, I would bust all of those. <laughs> Whoa. That's a recent pick, isn't it? No, that's an old one. Oh. This one, this one, I would do Moranis and the middle Wait, one. Wait, should we do FMK with PCD? They switched well. FMK with, with PCD? FMK with PCD. Okay. Okay, okay. Okay. Uh, jeez. During the song Crucified with Christ, let's FMK PCD. This is truly, I want to ask you to this, and I've got a yes, deep ma'am. knowledge of sure. scripture. Uh-huh. I I know Koine Greek. I took Greek in college. Okay. I can, I can interpret the New Testament. Sure. Okay, okay. But I still don't understand this song. This, this is, is a this is a verse. This is Paul. For I have been crucified with Christ. But what yeah. does that no mean? No longer I that live, but Christ lives in me. What does that mean? I think it's the, that kind of like I've died and resurrected. Yeah, also, like, like like my, my old life. sinful self has been crucified with Christ, so I'm no longer a slave yeah, to my I mean, my flesh. Yeah, Isn't that like, it? Double talk. Welcome like, to confusing. two idiots. I don't know. Read yeah. the Bible. <laughs> uh, follow me into hell. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that should be our tagline. Okay, follow us into hell. Okay, <laughs> she has pulled up an incredible picture. This is a good crisp. This is from their twentieth. Oh my god! Okay, so this is like not them now, but not them in the beginning. This is a medium right. picture. Right. Yeah. This is Age-wise. like wise. Late nineties, early Hair plugs 2000s. look bad. So just ignore that. He got better. Uh, he's reading Plugged In magazine in that pic. <laughs> so this is Philip. <laughs> this is Craig. This is Dean. This is so intense. I think I would. Okay, I think I would m- marry Dean. No, no, no. Kill Dean, Mary Phillips, 
fuck Craig. I would definitely marry Dean. I would definitely fuck Phillips, and I would. You'd kill Craig. Yeah. All right, I understand. Teach his own. I'm I'm killing Phillips. I'm. You're I'm killing F- Phillips. Yeah, I'm effing Craig. I'm marrying Dean. <laughs> okay. Team Dean, baby. Wow, we all had a different. Wow. Reaction. And that's so what's beautiful about this diversity. contemporary Christian male pop trio <laughs> is that we all want to have sex with a different member of one of them. And I that's feel like that's good us. for them if they're listening, that yes. they all won. Yeah. Like you're all a fuckable one to one of us. Hey, there's 100%. not one that's just like, like Rob sure. Bell said, fuck wins. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I was thinking about them in the rehearsal room and getting to do these vocals with each other, and they're so tight and they're so good. And I bet for them, that's just got to feel so good every time to just oh yeah sing together so well. You oh. know, I mean, some men have a bowling league. Some men go fishing together or go drinking and play billiards. Yes, they make albums. They make albums. I was I was reading Beautiful. a little yes. interview with them, and they uh, the interviewer said, "Do you have any traditions you have when you're recording?" And Philip said, we eat breakfast together every day we record. Aww. We discuss the previous session, what went well, what we can improve on. We have supper together as well. It's here that we'll laugh about funny moments in the studio and our favorite memories of oh the past gosh. years. And then this one, <laughs> Craig says, we play this game of tag you're it with the biggest keychain you've ever seen. It ends up in your luggage and you have to get rid of it. So they're pranking each other. Oh my God, it was such a benign prank too. (laughs) (laughs) Someone gets stuck with a keychain. They were talking about their process. Like, we'll all write a bunch of songs on their last album. We wrote 200 songs and whittled it down to the best 10. Oh my God. 200. 200. Like on some level, you have to respect that these like three full-time pastors collaborate enough to where they all have stayed together all these years. There doesn't seem to be a diva moment with them. This is kind of a hobby that I feel like blew up way more than they had planned. Yeah, no one Timberlaked their way out of the band. <laughs> yeah, no one did. Yeah, but they're all like really talented. Yeah. And, like, you gotta hand it to them. Sure. Cool. Oh, sure. this is the what I was gonna pull up from of the Christendom. Yeah, that's right. Well, but yeah. better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they were plus one before plus one. So was. Craig's Craig is my JC. I was trying to, you know, read up on them. And they, this is what they said their mission was. We're not feeling called to evangelize in secular venues, Dean told CCM in 1997. We're called to bring encouragement and strength and hope to Christians. Our goal is to bring bring people into a closer relationship with God. And that struck me because it's not often that I hear Christian bands saying like, no, we're just for Christians. (laughs) Like we're not even trying to like bridge into any other person's sure, world sure, at all sure, sure. it's like no this is just for uh, fellow christians making sure that they're feeling good and like juiced up on their journey or whatever yeah i think that's fair they know their audience yeah. they're not trying to cross over. yeah and i think that explains like the sound it's just like no we're just doing this for us you yeah. know but it's the same thing a vegan restaurant isn't there for the meat eaters oh yeah that's right you can come in and eat yeah <laughs> but it's it's, it's not you're fine. not the target you'll find fries you know like things you can kind of <laughs> like yeah the hooks are the fries <laughs> the, and yeah. the chicken that's not chicken tastes surprisingly good from time to yeah, time yeah it's you can kind of it down daily yeah. yeah I wonder what they're like as pastors Wow. They're like terrible. <laughs> they're they came from a Pentecostal tradition, so they might oh be a little my. bit you know, like they might have like feelings. They might have um 
um, like flag dancers yes. and tongues and all that. Like yeah. Also, yeah. why they're, yeah, the worship why they're so musical. Mm-hmm. You know, while we were talking, yes. uh, in the last song, a key change came and went. And I, I noticed it oh, as I'm it so happened. Sorry. Should we go you back? Just, like, blaze past. <laughs> Should we go <laughs> I noticed back? It and do just the key change. I think, here it is. Come on, Phillips. Come on, Craig. Don't let us down, buddy. Come on, Dean. Love lift us up where we belong. <laughs> what a day of style. On the Oh, boy. Wow. 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 That was, I mean, honestly, they won me over. I 100% like them, and I'm not being ironic. Oh sure. Those songs were right, and they were tight. And I'm not mad. <laughs> they are right and tight. Right and tight. And I think Your I'm having a little flight. bit of a Stockholm syndrome with them too, because at first I was just like, "Man, one ticket to Cornville," and but now the more I'm listening, I'm like, I'm "Corn's like, good for you." <laughs> <laughs> I think I, this is them now, which is just oh, not. Really? Yeah, it's weird. They're kind of like Cynthia. Yeah, I don't like. They're this. like every um, uh, Patrick Swayze movie. <laughs> they're roadhouse yeah. they're ghosts roadhouse. they're dirty dancing they are what is this do they get to harmonize oh very breathy see this is everyone like now this? mws does this, this not now his voice everyone sounds like this now and it sucks third day sounds like this everyone forgive does. me for saying this yes, ma'am is it that it's supposed to sound sexy yeah, they're supposed to get Christian moms just soaking. Yeah, like, I'm going to hold you. Baby, here's what I'm going to do to you. <laughs> First, we're going to get married so that everything's good. I'm going to start by marrying you because the divine creator of the universe, he cares about certificates involving property. Yeah, God's big on paperwork. He as long as it to clears. see the correct paperwork. Right. I know that marriage was only invented because of property, but God was like, you out. know what? I dig it, yeah. and I'm going to demand it. He Just was like, the first one to say, where are the receipts? <laughs> Is that a meme? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can I say that? Uh, can I be that? Well, let's get to our final thoughts about Phillips, Craig, and Dean, the way this works, Holly, is we give it a thumbs up, thumbs down, a holy toast or holy roast. Holy toast, we're seeing these three dads all the way to heaven where the angels will be toasting them till kingdom come. Mm. I hope your ex-boyfriend <laughs> had to dance to that song at one point. Mm. <laughs> holy roast. We send them down to the devil where there's no good harmonies or hooks. Can you imagine? Man. No harmonies? Ugh. That is hell. Oh my gosh. Wait, we... I haven't heard that to hell with the devil song in so long. Is that Striper? That is Striper. Yeah. Yes. And those yellow and black outfits mm-hmm. and their hair. They just came out with a new album called what? God Damn Still? Evil. What? Wow, yeah. very edgy. Very Ooh, edgy. Really edgy. Boy, they're still pushing the envelope. Yeah, they're still doing wow. stuff. Yeah, metal doesn't really uh, track with <laughs> the rest of the music industry. <laughs> the I, I, just, love, I love how Christian is like, we'll get every venue. So they heard like, girls, girls, girls. And like, we got it. Mm-hmm. And it's oh, going to be to hell. God, God, God. <laughs> <laughs> but where's our Skrillex? Well, I don't know. I mean, how? Well, that'd be tough to just be like, I'm a Christian artist. I'm going to come up with a new genre. Genre, you know, 
Well, I think we did in the old P&W, the Praise and Worship. Mm-hmm. That's ours exclusively. Yeah, that's true. There's a few music podcasts I'll refer to certain pop music as like, that's a little Hillsongy. So Hillsongy, yeah. for people who it's don't its give a genre. shit about any of this, yeah, has yeah. become like, that's a sound now and people can recognize it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We turn to you, Caroline. Oh, um, I'm going to, wow, this is a shock to me, but I'm going to give him a holy toast. I think on my first listen yesterday, I was just like, nah, I don't think I can get on with this. But really listening with you guys and, and really like feeling the key changes and just knowing what good boys they are. And also, I need my fuck buddy to go to heaven with me. So, <laughs> Craig, let's toast. Right. And I like there's three of them. There's three of us. Yep. One Ooh, of us is one the dean. One is the one for each and i feel like all three of us we'd be like all right if you want that one i want you, you can have it. it's yeah fine. We, I'm not unreasonable care. you this know isn't my only thing i've got going on yeah and you know we're all gonna get the exact same thing <laughs> <laughs> this is how it feels in my day it's gonna be like good yeah. yeah yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be thoughtful yeah it's gonna be connected it'll mm. be missionary it's gonna be missionary mm. but yeah. there's gonna be eye contact mm. yeah. there's gonna be genuine sensitivity and yeah, yes. gonna get you a glass of water after yeah there might even be tenderness Do you want a glass of water yeah. I, I bet each one of them would bring a, a, a hot washcloth for the cleanup after that's the kind of guys i think these yeah these are. are nice guys They're phillips gonna... craig and clean <laughs> after you're done yeah. oh I boy mean, Oh, I'm the same. I'm giving two thumbs up. I'm one hundo p on Holy both. A hundred percent, hundo p. I, I think they are delightful. They take me back to the dirty dancing days, but yes. it's for God. Swayze. They're Patrick Swayze in an audio clip. Mm-hmm. They are, I got no problem with them. They can write a hook. I am a sucker for a key change. I'm two thumbs up. Yeah. Well, friends, it is a unanimous holy toast <gasps> on the last of the dad's wow. month on GCF. Ooh, finishing dad's on a strong note. Now I will say we said before that there's nothing interesting about them. And I, I truly did look for like problematic stuff. I put all their churches Any through scandals? church clarity. Not that I could see if there is stuff emails and we'll apologize for it on the next episode. Oh, let them live. That being said, there is a kind of Pete Best situation in this band. Because originally, Dean was a different Dean. It was always called Phillips, Craig, and Dean. But famously, they had a different Dean. What? As that what? third Dean. How did yeah. I miss this? And I found audio of him. Oh, I know what this is. And, God damn it, uh, Kevin. Let's, uh, no, let's listen to this. Dumb smile. North Dakota. California. New Mexico. So originally it was Howard Dean and oh my uh, gosh, oh my! And they replaced him because he got too out of control. Oh, <laughs> and then it was you know that's amazing Dan that Dean. they found another Dean who can sing. Yeah, yeah. well, they had well, the posters made. Yeah. No one noticed it was a different yeah. white guy. <laughs> oh, I love that. Can rap. you believe that that guy got thrown out of politics because he exclaimed? Because he did a weird. And scream. now <laughs> this guy has done one thousand things that are worse than any politicians have ever done. And everybody's like, and Holly's eh. talking about Barack. Hussein Obama. That was maybe Dean's mistake. <laughs> he should have done more screens. <laughs> ah, 
just like constant Yeah, screams. are you going to credit my sweet hubby who tweeted that today? No. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, oh, Hugh Ackman. Huge Ackman. Hugh Ackman said, more like Phillips Craig and Howard Dean. No, Bia? just more, more like Phillips Craig and Dean. Bia, that was it. It wasn't much, yeah. but you have to admit I need it to was credit. a launch. It was the launching pad. I want to tell them if they're listening yeah. that you don't have to just go to worship music. Get back to the original song. Get writing. back on that old saddle. Come Three on. amigos back in town. Yeah. We want that. Don't cheat on your wives, but fall Listen back in love with each other. Listen to us who have been a fan of you for a day. <laughs> Get back to those hey, breakfasts. I've been listening to them since I was a little boy. <laughs> I wanted to be a pastor dad. Really? Aww, I mean, dad. I've known these songs since I was a kid. Like, I wow. knew all the... Oh. All, all the melodies and stuff because they were radio hits and yeah. they were played all the time wow. in my house. Yeah. Radio hits. Yeah. Well, they were in contemporary Christian. Radio. I hope they're still getting together for breakfast. I hope yeah. they call their breakfasts sausage links. Mm-hmm. I hope they're where playing they connect with each other in their sausage party. <laughs> <laughs> sausage links. Sausage Someone, like, links put is salt instead of sugar in his coffee. Ah. You know, He's... sausage links is a GCF men's retreat that we're having. That's next right. Fall that's right. That's in, uh... right. Sausage. <laughs> it's time for men to be men. That's Breakfast all I remember. For every from... meal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's only it's only six grand to come be a part of sausage links for the long <laughs> sausage weekend. Links. Guys, it's gonna change your life. We're that's gonna play the Willow flag Creek football. discount. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna do cabin Olympics, but then we're gonna get serious and talk about porn. We're and... gonna talk about jerking off, like pretty much most of the time. Yeah. I know. I feel like that's our outside perspective of what every men's retreat or like it's my like, inside perspective. Yeah, it's from men's all about it's all just it. guys being like, "How do you stay away from porn? I don't know. How do you stay do away you, from porn? I don't know. Oh, wait, my I've technique. Been, I'm looking at porn no, right now. Your not to, uh, <laughs> uh, friends, let's bring it down. Oh, let's yes. bring it down. Let's bring the lights down. Light some candles. Have I would some like to washy pads. I yes. would like to just close in a word of prayer do you notice that when people start to move towards prayer they say the word just all the time Mm. just and father 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 god we just want to ask you to just we just think that we we just just ask you we just uh, we just come before you tonight god we just that's like it's it's a weird lingo that we all picked up at the same time like saying like you know it's but it's it's but don't you think it's because you're kind of subconsciously we all know we're being judged on our out loud prayer when yeah so you're like, devaluing what you're saying oh yeah, yeah. It's like it's a little tiny but little nibble yeah. of an you're cushioning idea, everything no when yeah. people are like oh Caroline would you would you close us in prayer and then you're like oh and so then you have to think like I am now representing my spiritual walk yes. to these people and they're judging how deep or not it yes. is by sure. how what articulate my, like, vocabulary I am. is yes. with God and like how close I seem with God yeah maybe like on a personal level yeah, it's a lot of pressure. I always start with Daddy God. Uh, the way this works, Holly, we're going to not plug ourselves and our projects. We're going to lift them up to the Lord mm-hmm. oh, okay. as an offering and a sacrifice you can just, like, by talking about our projects and our enter, social media. Yeah, you can just enter in a time of uh, quiet self-promotion. <sighs> just right. a holy promotional space right. where it's, we won't be judged. Where it's, not about, it's not about me. It's about Him. Mm-hmm. Anything because, that's good is him, not he you. He is so faithful. You're bad, he's good. He is so faithful. So just, just... Just, just, just. Just so much grace. Uh, you can just lift me up at <laughs> Caroline's Farts on Twitter and Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like a little uh, little poof coming at you every time. Uh, oh, and no. 
Um, I saw Incredibles 2 this weekend. <gasps> had a great time. Yeah. I laughed super hard, like per usual, more than the kids that are in the theater with me. Get the word out on Incredibles 2. Yes, yeah. you guys, if you haven't heard about this movie, I mean, whoa. But it was really fun. I had a good time. So if you're on the fence, go, go see it. Have a good time. Well, I would just like to lift up a few things. Please. Mm. Here tonight. Yeah. <laughs> Echo that. Um, if you would Oh, like... we even talk about your mega podcast. Oh, that's oh my okay. gosh. I'll Let's do talk it right about now. It. Yes. I'll just tell you that I, this is very therapeutic for me coming yeah. from my mega church background. I have a podcast coming out. It's called Mega. And it's a fully improvised um, podcast in character. We're all people who work mm-hmm. at a mega church. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. It's called mega it's by campfire media it's coming soon probably in july look it up it's really therapeutic honestly for me to and so i would just like to lift that up and i would like to lay that at his feet ross kimball is in it as well ross kimball is in it blessings on ross he plays ross campbell it was a real stretch for him Mm -hmm. and um he is the minister of solo flight the singles ministry (laughs) it's real fun look us up mega also, you can I'm I'm Holly Laurent on Instagram or I'm Comedy Land LA on Instagram. Mm. I have a pop-up comedy show moving around LA. What? It's awesome. Right now we're at the Lodge Room in Highland Park. It's a music venue. It is dope. Hell yeah. It's, Comedyland? it's fantastic. Comedy Land LA on Instagram. It is wonderful. Um, and then also I have a Kickstarter for my Brought to You by Satan film. You can yes. find Holly Laurent Brought to You by Satan on Kickstarter. Help me make my film. I think that's it. Um yeah, that's it. Yes, amen. That's that's one of my other favorites. Is yeah, 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 yeah. As a yeah. as a finale. For that's a what all the guys say to and each other uh, when they yeah. confess their porn addiction. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I just would like to lay all that at his feet. Porn. Laying it at. Lay it at his feet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't want this. <laughs> Why is that my feet? Get this out of here. I don't <laughs> care for it one bit. It's not my kind of stuff. Well, you can follow me at Kevin T. Porter. Shout out to my zaddy, my dad, Todd Porter. Ah, <laughs> Todd Porter is yeah. great. He called me on purpose the other day. No, I called him. But you know, it's been Close. on accident every week. <laughs> Close enough. Close enough for me. Shout uh, out to my daddy, Jim. I love him. I don't know. We were just giving dad shout outs. I yeah. want to be part of it. Uh, don't say his last name. I what? it out on purpose. Fine, I'll bleep it. Dox my dad. I did it out. Yeah. Everyone knows your mom's name is... No, stop. And their bank account is... <laughs> do you have a different name now? I do, yeah. Oh, so yeah. And I, I'm against it. I think she should have kept the old name. I do too. I think it was better. Yeah. Yeah. Love you, Nate, but... Yeah. It doesn't but matter. Patriarchy. <laughs> it would still be a man's name. It was your dad's name. Mm. Even if you took your mother's Dang, name, that's, that's still so a man's true. name. Because your mother's maiden name is a man's name. You gotta keep going back and I back. I gotta make and a back. new name. We, females yeah. are nameless figures moving through history. We don't have names. It's, that is I'm not gonna sleep depressing. Tonight. It's really, it's crazy. Half of history, half of history is nameless. Names that we never had. Uh, it's nameless. We're I'll, nameless. I will just lift up Vic Berger. And I think that Hillsong Pastor video is the hardest I've laughed it's in the last two so weeks. Oh, good. We'll play it for you. Enlarge my border. Oh, and if you're looking for a new podcast, because you're sick of this bullshit, <laughs> then uh, you can listen to In the Dark which is a true crime podcast I find to be not exploitative. 
uh, done by APM Media. Season two is not necessarily a whodunit. It's a why done it and oh, what done it. It's about the wow. systems around injustice rather than like, where did Adnan go? Best Buy, pay phones. Ooh, interesting. And, and the dark is good. And you can lift us up at Christian Fun Pod on Twitter and Instagram at Christian Fun Pod. Uh, follow us on Facebook. You can leave us a review on iTunes slash Apple Podcasts. Every review you leave, we donate a dollar to charity next We've month's made a charity truly oh just courageous commitment to donate one dollar for mm. each review so it's the least you can do get out there it helps us and uh make it feel good we might even donate a dollar and 50 cents next whoa 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 oh sorry we should talk about that Warbucks off over here <laughs> oh boy and you can find every song we play on the show on our good christian fund spotify playlist Holly, thank you so much for joining us on the uh, show. I've been nice. saving this the whole show, but Holly toast to you. Hey! It was great. It was so I'll much drink fun. To that. Cheers clink, to clink, that. Clink, clink, clink. Clink, clink, clink. And there's nothing left to say except for, and all of Pod's people say, Amen. Let's go out on a real classic Phillips Craig and Dean. That wasn't on your playlist, but I think you should hear. I'm ready. I'll act it out. Love their little intros. Yeah. They've got a build. They get a little the- theatricality. Is this a plane landing? Yes. Oh, Kevin is truly. Wow. Kevin is truly acting out this song yeah. in worship <laughs> dance. Wow. He knows every word. Wow. 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 <laughs> flying. Uh, I'm flying away. <laughs> All right, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye, Bye everybody. Have you felt yourself apprehended? Oh, hey, y'all. It's me, Amy Grant. Now, you might notice a slight change to my voice since last week, and that's because we got a little constructive feedback, including your voice is shrill and please stop, and this is so annoying, please stop doing this. So instead of letting, letting, so instead of letting the haters win this one, I decided to take voice and diction lessons so you wouldn't get annoyed by my southern accent. But that's okay, we're making lemonade out of lemons here, and that's all good Christian fun. And speaking of which, next week on Good Christian Fun, they're listening, Kevin and Caroline are listening to the Newsboys, specifically the album Take Me to Your Leader. Okay, that's it for me, Amy Grant. I hope you enjoyed this read, and if you have any more constructive feedback, you can send it to goodchristianfun at gmail.com. Thank you, and as Kevin and Caroline would say, pod bless. That was a HeadGum Podcast.